Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the playing of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. And here's your host, Jana, and her big brother, Jeff. Happy to be here for another edition of the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Podcast about, well, baseball. It's in the title. I think you guys probably already got that. Uh, We do this just because we like doing it. Uh, You know, nobody pays us to do it. Nobody forces to do it. Nobody's got a pitchfork or anything to us, uh, prodding us a sharp stick or anything like that. We come and we do this uh, because we like it. Because we love baseball. Once again, we're going to hit all the major spots. But today, uh, since the World College World Series is done, it lines up perfectly that now it's All-Star Game time. We're halfway, just a little over halfway through the season. The All-Star Game is never the exact halfway point. But everybody's played about 81 games now, some more, some a little less. And, uh, you know, things are settling in. It's crazy because now, after this... The rush is from the All-Star game about two to three weeks later, trade deadline. So we'll have a lot to talk about after the All-Star game. But today we'll hit on the All-Star game. Of course, we'll uh, we'll tell you what happened with the Dodgers and the Angels. Take a look around baseball. And we, it's time for uh, players of the month and such as well. And uh, really, when you look at it, there's really only one player that's probably going to be player of everything. I think he did it all. And, of course, we'll get to him uh, when we get there. But first off, we're going to uh, take a look at uh, All-Star Game weekend festivities, the game, the draft, the home run derby, what we know now, and what we found out, who got snubbed. So let's get right to it. Before we get started today, let's uh, remind everybody where you can find us on our social media. And uh, apparently we still, like, I still keep hearing that um, we're missing the one thing that could make us famous. <laughs> what is the one thing? Well, I was watching Young Guns the other day. Okay. And Billy, Billy the Kid, who ran in your area. Yes. Uh, he pointed a gun at somebody and said, I'll make you famous. So apparently we just need to be shot by Billy the Kid and we'll be famous. All right. Or we can set up a TikTok account. Oh, TikTok. So they say, I don't I don't know. I'm still not convinced <laughs> about that. Recently I keep hearing people talking about uh talking with one of my coworkers, you know, being on each other's Snapchat. Once again, something else. I have no clue about. <laughs> TikTok, I kind of get because everybody's out there doing it, and there's a bunch of people that probably shouldn't be on TikTok that are. Right. Yeah. We aren't, and apparently everybody tells me that's the way you're going to be famous. That's the way. What is that? That Oh, it's like from the Mandalorian. It is the way. It's the way. Yes. Yoda shared that with us. Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes. Anyway, uh, you can find us on our non-famous <laughs> social media pages on Twitter at sibling rivalry BB without the A. 
And on Facebook and Instagram at Sibling Rivalry BB with the A. And, of course, check us out on our website, SiblingRivalryBB.com. We've been thinking, too, about, like, uh, expanding out our T-shirt line from one that we've never offered up to anybody. We've given them away, but we've never offered up from one to a few. And if you if you are listening and you feel compelled to reach out to us through any of those places, uh, by all means, uh, do and let us know what you think. Well, we can put some uh, ideas that we have for T-shirts up on the website. If you like them, then we can figure out how we would want to proceed to that and uh, and get you T-shirts. But in the meantime, uh, that's where you find us. And like I said, reach out to us, uh, DM us on uh, on any of those and uh, or post on our page. Yeah, we want to see what kind of web pictures you got or, uh, or um, T-shirts you got. And we can uh, start working on that. We would love to hear from you, even if you don't care about T-shirts. And with that, let's talk about the All-Star Game. All the voting is over. The chips have fallen where they're going to fall. And we have those who have been uh, elected to be starters. The reserves and the pitchers have been selected. And those are from player ballots and then whatever the commissioner decides to do. And now we know that this is an ever-evolving thing until the game itself, because they're coming up on Sunday, the last day of games before the break. There's pitchers that may throw on Sunday that were selected as all-stars. They're not going to be able to pitch on Tuesday. No, they'll just be able to hang out, enjoy the festivities. Right. As elected. And of course there's injuries that come up. Just found out about one that, uh, that the guy's not going to be in there for the third year in a row due to an injury that just, uh, just happened. So, you know, all that's going to keep happening, but for now, the all-star rosters, uh, as far as we know are set. So let's take a look and see what, uh, who got where now the, the starters are all elected by, uh, we, the fans, and uh, so all, all of it's about popularity, whoever can get their groups out there to vote the heaviest. I would say that uh, the uh, uh, the Texas Ranger fans uh, like probably threaten people <laughs> to uh, to vote for their guys. And then the Braves. Yes. Were, yeah. Were threatening yeah. to chop somebody, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, because they. They were pretty much overwhelming with the Braves taking away the most players uh, overall. And then the Rangers were second. In fact, the Rangers pretty much you pretty much the Rangers starting nine will be the starting nine for the uh, all American League All-Star game team. So let's start a catcher, go around uh, around the diamond uh, who will be starting for the American League. Jonah Heim of the Texas Rangers. <laughs> and then at first base, Yandy Diaz from Tampa Bay. And second base will be Marcus Simeon of the Rangers. Third base, another Texan in uh, Josh Young, rookie 
third baseman making his first appearance. Some of these guys are making their first all-star game appearances. Yeah. And uh, uh, Josh Young, it's his, the first Rangers rookie to start an all-star game since the franchise moved in 1972. All but one player in the infield is a Ranger. And that was Yandy Diaz. Uh, shortstop, Corey Seager, who's been there on the other side of the field uh, for the mm-hmm. National League uh, a couple times. Uh, then we go to the outfield. Um, two guys that uh, probably aren't going to play, but were elected as all-stars, Aaron Judge and Mike Trout. Uh, like I said, Mike Trout, we just found out, has uh, has uh, an injury that is going to take him out. And this is the third year in a row. Trout, 10th time voted in. He's This will be the fourth time he's had to miss it for some reason. Hmm. I wonder, does he have something going on? He's got to go check and see how the golf course is going oh, back at home that he's building with Tiger maybe. Woods. That's right. Yeah, so those players, those two players will be replaced. We don't know who they will be replaced with um, and if they will be replaced with somebody from their... The Rangers probably. Adonis right. Garcia was named as a reserve, so oh, he's probably going to be... Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of times they like pe- the fans like to see, oh, well, if it's Mike Trout can't make it, then we need another, you know, angel there. But that's not how it works. No, because there's another angel already there and they only need at least one uh, yep. from each team. That's one of the deals that uh, always in play one player, each team. So every every team's represented. Uh, but sometimes the player that goes isn't always the best uh, representative. But, uh, you know, that that's what happens. Uh, so the loan, actually, they're just going to go with one outfielder this year to start the game. And that'll be Randy Arozarena. Yeah, he'll be everywhere. To, all of it. Johnny he's going to have spot. to get with uh, he's going to have to get with Tim Anderson and figure out how he does that omnipresent thing. Yes. Um, he needs to and, do in the outfield what Tim Anderson does on the infield. Right. And on the bases. Usually. Yeah. Well, recently. Right. I didn't notice him on the bases at all over the last couple series that I've seen him in. Maybe he's taking a little bit of a break. Maybe. Maybe. And, of course, uh, all-world uh, player of the year. Probably the if you if you stopped it today, he's the MVP of the American League, and that would be Shohei Otani. Right. Yeah, yeah and he was – in the American League, he I I think was he the well he was the top vote getter in the American League. Right, so he didn't have to go through the second round. Right, he automatically uh, by by virtue of winning the vote moved on, and then uh, no surprise here also picked as a pitcher for the yeah. uh, for the yeah. All Star game, and he's been he's been pitching well. We'll talk about that when we get to the Angels. Uh, segment here in just a little bit. Let's go ahead and take a look at the National League that saw uh, quite a few old timers, you know, or multiple all star uh, team. Uh, or uh, why can't I say this correct? Uh, <laughs> multiple all star selections. Yes. Um, for for a few of these guys, and the starting lineup has three Dodgers in it. Yes. Yeah. It does. All right, well, why don't you take us around the infield, and I'll grab the outfield. All right, so for catcher, Sean Murphy from Atlanta. And then first baseman, Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers. He is the first Dodgers first baseman to start an all-star game since Steve Garvey did it in 1980. 
Wow. Steve Garvey, uh, eight all-star selections over his career. And I think Freddie's at seven. I'm think, pretty yeah. sure if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's going to pass Steve. And then no surprise here. First Marlin, second baseman to start an all-star game. Luis Arise. I don't agree with that because his batting averages fall into like 385 or something like that. It's I mean, he's ridiculous. really falling off. I know. Like, loser. <laughs> uh, Nolan Arenado, of course. So the Cardinals at third base. I don't agree with that one just because he it's really for him it's name it's a name only and that's it but who do you who is there playing third base that i mean i'm i know there's probably guys that are playing well but who off the top of your head when you think of third baseman yeah at the top of your head you're going to think Nolan Arenado obviously Manny Machado right okay and Austin Riley. Okay. And mm, I think that's it. <laughs> right. So overall, and, you know, Manny didn't make it. No. Wasn't voted in. Wasn't anything. Didn't get the, um, in fact, the, the Padres who would have thought about at the beginning of the season, you would have thought you would have seen three or four at least mm -hmm. walk away with a sole representative as a uh, reserve they had no you know obviously when you vote in like 20 atlanta braves yeah it's hard to <laughs> to get there and i get it atlanta is right now playing the best baseball of anybody oh yeah they're crazy and they've got, on fire and they've got you know uh they've always said st louis fans are the best baseball fans in terms of the game, they know the game, they appreciate the game, they appreciate other players playing the game well. I mean, they're mm -hmm. very, they're very big on their team. Whereas the Braves, they're just like rabid. They're like, you know, rabid dogs. They all have rabies over there. They're foaming at the mouth, wearing their pearls and fake mustaches. Um, Do they still wear the pearls? I don't That's... think so. I just, yeah, you know. Um, That'd be funny if they did with the mustache. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Austin Riley, we know Austin Riley shows up as another brave, uh, deserving. Uh, but, I, you know, it's like, how is it that he didn't get voted in? I think he was number two. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, Arenado's had a, a really down year this year so far. But right now he's the premier third baseman. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think it goes back to, you know, how many golden gloves he's gotten platinum glove. You know, he's, it's not defensively. He's, you know, when you look at numbers over his career, yes, he is an all-star this what? year. Is he an all-star? No, no. But no. I said the same about Mike Trout. Right. I don't think Mike Trout, I think Mike Trout got in simply because People voted for him that may not even really see him play because mm -hmm. he's they heard he's the greatest player in the world. Right. Next right. to Shohei now. These days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So uh, shortstop. Mm -hmm. Another brave. Orlando Asia. I, I'm I, that one was kind of surprising just simply because he doesn't have a lot of name recognition in my mind outside of probably that area. Yeah, uh, outside the of the uh, yeah Atlanta, Fulton County area. That's <laughs> Cobb County because that's where they play now. That's right. Oh, right. Yeah, Cobb so, County. 
Cobb and Fulton. Yeah, Everybody know knows. Yeah. Hey, oh, they call him O in those areas. <laughs> yeah. We're like, who? No, O. Don't you know who O is? Right. Get with it. <laughs> so uh, he takes the, the shortstop, another brave. And, of course, this one was a, a gimme because he was the top vote getter, not only for the National League, but overall. And uh, I think they're ready to give him the MVP right now. And he is playing like he deserves it. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, he is driving that team. And it seems like every time I watch Quick Pitch or, uh, or any kind of of um, highlight show, it's half of the Braves games are highlights about him. Yeah. And then they throw in, you know, Strider struck out 26. <laughs> but look at Acuna go. I know. know. He stole 30 bases during this game yep. and hit 15 home runs. <laughs> That's right. All of them, and I was going to say, all of them lead off. <laughs> yes, they were all lead off home runs in one game. <laughs> he is, uh, he is doing the impossible uh, for them. All right, uh, he's uh, he he lead led all vote getters like we said, and he's got the first spot in the outfield, followed by uh, Mookie Betts, who has also shown. I mean, this guy's just been. Hitting leadoff home run after leadoff home run. We talked about that a few weeks ago where he ranks overall. The way he's going, though, uh, he might very well get up there to, uh, you know, into the same uh, stratosphere as like George Springer in them. Yeah. And he's, he's, you know, obviously he's voted in the outfield, but, you know, he could be, you know, you need him at second, you need him at short, right in there. Well, and there was a game recently where they moved him from the outfield and he went in and took over at short and, yep. He's doing uh, it all. Presumptive rookie of the year out of Arizona who <clears throat> uh, took this last weekend off, um, is not on the IL and is uh, presumed he's going to be playing in his very first all-star game. And that would be Corbin Carroll from the D-backs. Kind of yeah. surprised that uh, there's not more D-backs. Yeah, with the way they've been playing, you would think that there would be more. Um, but that could be also mean a snub. I think uh, Marte could tell Marte was deserving of a starting position. Um, Corbin Carroll, this is special for him. Uh, he is the first diamondback rookie to start an all-star game and he will be doing it in his native city of Seattle. That's right. I did hear that, that he is from Seattle and Marte wasn't even picked as a uh, a uh, reserve he may end up taking somebody's spot that opens up but they went with uh, Dansby Swanson so I wonder if it's be- part of it could be is Dansby's more known uh, and th- this is through players and stuff and Marte's still playing for a team I don't even think even um, unless you're in the west I don't even think the major league baseball in whole really realizes what's happening in Arizona I don't think so either, because I think that the you always think of Arizona, they've always been in a cellar. It's always been, who's going to finish last? Is it going to be the Rockies or it's going to be the Diamondbacks? And this year, they are quietly just going about their business, winning games. They signed Terry Lavello like they do every year to another contract. And this year, something's happening in the desert. Yeah, it's been a long time since you could say that they were uh, a winner back from when Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, and those guys were there. 
Um, and then finally, we've got the DH, and you gotta wonder if the Dodgers would have ended up with JD Martinez if they had kept JT. They'd have kept Justin Turner. I would like to have seen both of them. Yes. That would be really good. That would be awesome. But yeah, I don't think so. I think with them not extending, you know, an offer, not, you know, um, getting JT back, the Dodgers got JD. And there are times when I'm watching the game and I'm like, come on, JT. I mean, JD. <laughs> it's hard. JDM. Yeah. That's what I should call him, JDM. There's your uh, your starting lineups. Like we said, uh, there's a few of those guys that are already uh, not going to be playing. Um, so let's take a look at, uh, what do you say? Let's take uh, American League and pitchers. Okay. Yeah, we already mentioned Shohei Otani will be one of the pitchers for the American League. And then you have Garrett Cole of the Yankees, uh, Luis Castillo of the Mariners, Sonny Gray. Uh, Nathan Ebaldi of the Rangers, uh, Kevin Gossman of the Blue Jays, uh, Shane McClanahan of the Rays, uh, Fromber Valdez of the Astros, Michael Lorenzen of the Detroit Tigers, formerly of the Los Angeles Angels. Yep, and uh, I think he's probably one of the only um, only players in MLB that wears Vans cleats. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, Kenley Jansen was selected um, to represent the Red Sox. Emmanuel Classe was selected for the Guardians. Felix, uh, Felix, Felix, <laughs> I'm trying to be all Classe, <laughs> Felix, Felix Batista of the Orioles. And then also, is it Yanir Canyo? Can uh, of the Orioles. All right. We already know that uh, McClanahan will not be. Uh, McClanahan and possibly Valdez because he isn't on the IL, but he's been, um, he does have like a ankle sprain. Right. He's so. had, he's had a little issue there. So we may see what we're, we're going to see a lot of changes after Sunday's games. Um, that, uh, you know, as far as uh, pitchers that will be added to the roster because somebody pitched uh, or an injury or just, you know, maybe even a, and I'll quotation injury because they really don't want to put them out there uh, at that point. My, uh, my guess would be Nathan Evaldi probably for the starter. Uh, McClanahan probably would have been my choice um, if he was going to be there, but I think Evaldi, uh, is the guy um, Shohei? This is the third year in a row that he's been selected on both sides of the ball. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it'll be uh, uh, a couple questions, and we'll bring this up. Um, I think uh, you know a little bit about snubs and stuff. Uh, I think there was a big snub uh, here in the um, uh, among the relievers in the pitchers. There, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's uh, let's move on. And, uh, and talk about the National League pitchers. Uh, we'll start with the Dodger that's on the list and the old man uh, making uh, or, or being selected to his 10th All-Star team, uh, Clayton Kershaw. 
not to give away too much uh, for to take away from the wheel, but we know Clayton's not going to be pitching, no. participating this year other than in the festivities. And uh, and then we have uh, Alexis Diaz uh, out of Cincinnati, Camilo Duvall from San Francisco, uh, two Braves. So like I said, it's going to be just basically the Brave Clubhouse, right? In there with Bryce Elder and and. Rightly so, Spencer Strider, who leads uh, MLB in strikeouts this season, both from the Braves and both making their first all-star appearances. Here's one that I think we were both surprised by and would love to have uh, have kept him based on how things shook out in the end. Josiah Gray, uh, who went to the Nationals. This is his first all-star game. Went to the Nationals. Uh, so that we could get, as part of a deal, also uh, Keeper Ruiz went with him, so that we could get um, Dead Arm Scherzer. Yep. And uh, Trader Turner. That's exactly right. Both not with the team anymore. So See what those I did are there? appropriate. Trey Turner. I like it. I like it. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you know what? At the end, when you see stuff like this, you go, it's like uh, every time that we talk about Jordan Al- Alvarez. Um, the guy that imagine had they kept him, what he may be doing there, who knows, but it's those things here at the end of the trade, who really won the trade? Yeah, exactly. really. In that case, the nationals did because neither of those guys are with the Dodgers and neither of them really helped win a title. No, uh, Josh Hader, uh, taking his fifth. Uh, making his fifth all-star game uh, out of uh, with the Padres. Uh, so the Padres get two. I was thinking Juan Soto. I keep thinking Juan Soto is the only one. We'll get to the reserves in a minute. But uh, And then, of course, we mentioned Clayton. Justin Steele from the Cubs will join Marcus Stroman, also from the Cubs. And then Devin Williams, uh, rookie of the year, uh, reliever from uh, uh, from a couple of years back from Milwaukee will make his second all-star appearances. So of the 12 pitchers there, um, I'm sorry, of uh, eight of the 12 uh, pitchers selected are first-time all-stars this time around here. It'll be, uh, so it'll be fun to watch those guys. Yeah. Because that's what uh, they asked Mookie uh, about being selected all-star. He's like, which one do you remember? He goes, the first one. Oh yeah, some all so. just kind of you know they're there, and it's not that I don't forget that I forgot them, but you know not like the first one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so and Kershaw with his tenth career All Star selection passes up Justin Verlander, who was at nine. Let's take a look at the reserves. Uh, why don't we start in the American League and uh, catchers? Salvador Perez of the Royals and Adley Rutschman of the Orioles. I heard an interesting thing about Rutschman. Since he's been a full-time player for the Orioles, they have not been swept. Wow. That's interesting. That was a crazy stat when I heard that. So that's pretty cool. Perez making his eighth uh, all-star game. Uh, who uh, who was picked for the National League at catcher reserves? We have Matt. Um, sorry, Matt Olson. No, we do not. Uh, Will Smith of the Dodgers, who we really wanted to beat out. You know that brave, that pesky brave. 
but uh, didn't happen. Sean Murphy made it. Um, but he's in there. And then who else? <laughs> and then Elias <laughs> Diaz from Thank the you. Rockies. I, I lost my, my place there. Yeah, and this actually... So I think the commissioner's office is more responsible to make sure that every team is represented. But for Elias Diaz, this is... Um, I think it's well deserved because he had he's a bright spot for the Rockies this season. Yeah, he's definitely um been I I was not surprised when I saw him. In fact, yeah. I would have been more surprised that he wasn't. Right. Um so um yeah, that was uh, that was two there. Sean Murphy, uh, I think um not he's a great catcher, has been a, a big help to the uh to the Braves and it just makes him even the Braves are uh, think about it. You got Travis Darno and Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy's not out. You don't lose anything really no. by changing that. That really makes it. That's what's making them so strong. And of course, we thought Will Smith definitely was um, not just because of being Dodger fan, but he definitely uh, has earned that spot. All right, let's look at infielders for uh, the American League. Uh, guy that I thought would have been um, the starter at shortstop for um, the American League over Corey Seager gets his second all-star selection, and that's Bo Bichette. Yeah, and he has been doing it all season long. I think Corey Seager had been on the IL. He came back and has just really been you know, good, but Bo Bichette has been doing it all season. Yeah, he's been amazing all season long. He is joined by two of his teammates, uh, also selected as reserves in the Inville with uh, no no surprise here, uh, Vladdy Jr. Uh, and then uh, Whit Merrifield uh, makes it his first time as a Blue Jay. He's made it uh, two previous times as a Royal. And then um, and this one, I believe he's, um, this next one, I believe is deserving of it. But it does bring up a question, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Jose Ramirez, J-Ram making his fifth All-Star appearance is definitely, uh, you know, for Cleveland, uh, Cleveland was in uh, was in first place, I think, on Sunday, last Sunday. I don't know if they still are, because it's just a revolving door in right. there. And yeah. most of them are hardly pay, playing 500. In the National League... It uh, looks like our uh, reserves in the National League include somebody you've already alluded to, alluded to. Oh, Matt Olson, right? Right, Matt Olson, who leads Major League Baseball in strikeouts, but has uh, also been uh, a big part of the uh, the Braves uh, surging. Uh, you know, being like I said, arguably the best team in baseball right now. Yeah, and. Um, he is going to be joined because he plays first base, and then you got Ozzy Albies at second, Austin Riley at third, and their shortstop was named a starter. So, right. <laughs> so almost like the Rangers, mm-hmm. you could have a full infield of Braves, and you would because their catcher was is, also the starter. So yep. yeah, uh, and then. If Arcia comes out of the game and you put Swanson in, he's a former Brave. 
even right. though he's the Cubs and Dansby Swanson, who I believe uh, Cattell Marte should have been named in that spot before Swanson. Uh, yeah. He's having a much better season. Uh, you know, Swanson's a great ball player and literary figure, but character. But I, I just, yeah. And then finally, uh, the polar bear. Yeah, Pete Alonso there representing the Mets, um, the lone. I was going to say the lone, the lone Met. because the Mets are, we, we got a nice little stat about the Mets we'll talk about in around baseball. And in fact, uh, coming up, I think it's uh, either right the weekend before or the weekend right after the All-Star game, the Dregs and the Mets, the two most disappointing, underachieving teams match up. They should have some kind of like cup. Yeah. The <laughs> loser's cup. It's got a hole in the bottom. So everything leaks out. That could be it. All right. American league outfielders got a couple of first timers uh, on this list. We already mentioned Adalis Garcia. Right. Uh, this is his second all-star selection. He'll join by, uh, by another guy from the state of Texas. Uh, that we just mentioned a few minutes ago, Jordan Alvarez will be also be making his second all-star selection. And then the two first-timers out of Baltimore, Austin Hayes. And uh, you want to get all fancy. <laughs> Luis Robert Jr. <laughs> uh, representing the White Sox there, his first uh, all-star uh, selection uh, there as a uh, outfielder. So probably one of these guys or two of these guys will move into starting positions uh, to um, to cover for uh, Trout and uh, Judge. Right. And then they'll move in a couple other guys to. Um, so who knows who will end up, uh, you know, taking those spots. Uh, the National League. Uh, as far as uh, the outfielders go, uh, three of them. One guy who we'll talk about having a pretty decent weekend uh, when Arizona came to Anaheim is uh, and sporting some great purple hair. Lourdes Guriel Jr., uh, new American citizen. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and now first time All-Star. We mentioned Juan Soto earlier making his third All-Star appearance. Uh, the second uh, Padre to be in there. And then finally, uh, a Philly in Nick Castellanos, who yeah. has been who's been playing well, just like he did last year. Um, but, uh, you know, towards the end of the year, he was an All-Star in Cincinnati. Uh, previously, that was uh, his second um, lone representative from their team uh, as the uh, second designated hitter from the Oakland A. Brent Rooker. Da -da 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 -da. Anyway, he's been having a good year for the uh, for the A's, um, putting up some deep, decent numbers. I mean, nothing like April. In April, he was having like Shohei month. He was uh, like batting 353, nine homers, 22 RBIs. And of course, that really helped push him forward um, and, uh, and getting that first all-star selection. And it would have been a major slight had this guy not been added 
to the All-Star uh, team. I don't remember hearing anybody else from Miami. Louisa Rise. Oh, except for for <laughs> that disappointment, only batting 388 or whatever. Uh, this guy, uh, you know, there's no reason why he should have been left off. Or, or I mean, maybe he's not going to be voted in as a starter, but definitely no reason he should be left off. And he wasn't. They got him at the last second. That's Jorge Soler who went on a tear, hit a lot of home runs, and uh, he was a home run champ uh, in Kansas City. And this year, uh, you know, if he keeps going and uh, hitting home runs the way he had been, he might very well be in a place to to win the NL home run champion. He's going to have to get past uh, Alonzo, though. He Alonzo right now is the uh, – oh, no. Olsen leads the National League in home yeah. runs. Alonzo's second, so there's like third in the in the National League. So there you go. There is um, the the pitchers, the reserves, and of course the starters for uh, this upcoming All Star Game, which will be on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, what is that? The eleventh. The eleventh. Yep. And uh, my favorite part of the whole All Star experience is the home run derby. I think that's the most fun. Um, better than the game. Year, last year was really fun. It had gotten a little, eh. Yeah. And, then, uh, and last year it was fun. Julio Rodriguez, of course, uh, blows everybody away. Juan Soto thought he was going to get in there and get it. Uh, I think part of it, too, was Albert. Albert Pujols. Yeah. And, uh, and the fact that nobody thought he was going to get it out of the first round. Right. And he really pushed along and uh, made it uh, made it fun and interesting. So, so far, I don't think we've got a full lineup set for the um, home run derby, uh, but I do know we've got uh, we've got a fair amount of participants. What uh, what do we have so far? We have Mookie Betts, who will be doing uh, the home run derby for the first time. And then Pete Alonzo, this is his fourth derby. Adley Rushman, his first. Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero Jr., his second time. Julio Rodriguez, this is his second year. And then Randy Arozarena will be joining for his first time. Well, Julio had to come and do this. Um, yeah. To to because he had to um, uh, defend his crown. And then, of course, Pete Alonzo is coming back because he wants to win a third one. So, and yeah, it's fun that uh, Mookie Betts has uh, has decided he wants to be uh, part of it. And you know, why not? He's been hitting home runs well this year, so uh, at a good pace. So yeah, yeah that he, should be fun. Yeah, I was to say it was his wife who encouraged him to, uh, you know, hey, why don't you do the home run derby? It'll be fun. His mom, I don't think, was on board, but, uh, you know. So I think we need, was that five? I have six. One then, I guess. (laughs) So we got Mookie, Pete Alonzo, Adley, Rushman, Vladdy, Jr., Julio, and Randy Rosarena. All right, I'm I'm I missed I just miscounted. I saw all those guys. Okay. All right, so that's six. I think that's it. So we got a full. I think don't they just do three sets of the twos or is it eight? Um, 
Let me look at the bracket. I saw the bracket come up, um, and I I briefly looked at that. Um, I did see uh, that um, Ellie De La Cruz was asked if he wanted to do the home run derby, and he he declined. So so uh, maybe maybe it's like however many people want to do it, they do it. It's not set at, but I can't. I couldn't remember from the past if there was like. Uh, four sets or three sets. I think they're, it's like eight now that I think about it. it either way, it's fun and uh, be interesting to see how, uh, how it plays out there up in, uh, in the kingdom. Um, yeah, they had eight. Had they had eight last year. Okay, or so maybe, just, maybe the uh, year before. Um, they, had, they had eight, and I think it's usually eight. So we might have two more. Coming in there at the last um, come second. Come in at the last second, kind of figure out if they want to, if they want to do it or not. Um, we'll see. But yeah, so that's always my that's always my favorite part of the whole uh, All Star experience is that home run derby. Uh, one thing that will be interesting is the jerseys for the All Star game. Uh, they have been released, and you can. And the hats as well. So you can go on to our website, siblingrivalrybb.com, and click on the Fanatics link and get your own all-star jersey of your favorite player. Now, a lot of people would rather just have, like it used to be, the players just wore their team's jerseys. Now they have color schemes. You know, it's become more so. So... Um, the Mariners, they're going to use the Mar. They said they're using the Mariners colors. The American league will wear green. The national league is going to wear blue and they're calling it Mariners green and Seattle blue. Um, but the interesting thing is about this, um, uniform is that the uniforms also are debuting Nike's new uniform fabric vapor premier. And it is uh, 90% recycled polyester yarns, as well as a dry fit technology. And it will be featured in every MLB uniform beginning during the 2024 season. And according, I guess they tested it on like 300 uh, players, MLB players, and it's going to be more form fitting. It's supposed to be easier. It's not like the cotton jerseys that... uh, Costanza, George Costanza had for the Yankees. They're not going to shrink. Talk Buck Showalter into taking. Oh, no. Don Mattingly ripped his pants. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, they're more, you know, they're, I guess they're also cooler. And yeah, so that's the deal. Um, But they feature, they have the whole thing is, you know, mountains and and see and you know the climate of seattle it's quasi interesting because i saw those um yeah i mean we gotta we just gotta accept and i think most people have while we liked it when they wore their own uniforms during the game i don't care if they wear them during um during warm-ups or during other times you know even during the home run derby if they wanted to wear those but i think that um I think that the marketing and uh, merchandising is overrules 
and people are going to buy, uh, you know, jerseys, every jersey of their favorite player, no matter what it comes out to. Um, so right. they're going to take that money and run. Uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a huge fan of that, and I'm less of a fan of the um, of the hats, more because it's just kind of a gray color. Yeah, they're not really anything exciting. They kind of have the colors of the jerseys, the green and the blue, are on the hat in like a mountain, you know, what would be kind of a mountain shape if you wanted oh, to I go with that. Oh, I thought that was the kingdom. <laughs> right. They're going to be. <laughs> yeah, so playing. that's that. But it'll be, you know, it'll be exciting. We'd see. It would be interesting. And, you know, unfortunately, Mike Trout would be great in the Home Run Derby in Seattle. Because I he mean, owns Seattle when it yeah, comes to that. But we will yeah. see Julio Rodriguez in his home, his home park. Now, one thing a lot of people, some people have kind of, uh, yes, with Mookie Betts. Like, why are you doing it for the first time in Seattle, like this year? Why didn't you do it in Los Angeles last year? You know, like it didn't feel like it. Yeah, I mean that's the <laughs> didn't occur to me at that point. And now right. it feels like something I want to do. Yeah, I just you know yeah. just hanging uh, out. Now, now while it's a big weekend uh, or a big early week um, up in Seattle for for all these All Star players, especially the first timers. And the whole thing, the guys who are participating in the uh, and most of these guys that are participating in the all star in the home run derby, with the exception of a couple, um, are all stars as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Julio, Julio's not. Uh, he's there to, to defend the title, but um, it's going to be a bigger weekend for roughly 600 aspiring major leaguers because you got yeah. the draft. Uh, yes. That starts up on this Sunday, the 9th, and uh, we'll carry over through the 11th. Uh, the first, uh, how does it work there? I think uh, the first rounds are on Sunday, and that's uh, uh, like the first two rounds are, are on Sunday, and then they go 3 to 10 on Monday and 11 to 20 on uh, on the 11th, and it's going to be pretty exciting this year because what we didn't really realize was the 2020 season, the effect of what happened in 2020 is now uh, going to work out to maybe one of the deepest, most talent rich uh, drafts MLB's ever had. And this isn't, uh, you know, if you're, we, there's never been a real big deal about the draft in baseball. It's kind of just happened and, you know, and then you're done and nobody thinks about it because none of these guys are going to be, it's not like NBA or NFL where you're, uh, you know, going to draft the best quarterback or draft this guy out of, um, you know, college. You're not going to draft, uh, you know, as, I just watched the movie air. Um, so Michael Jordan is right. gonna. You're not gonna get a guy like that. I mean, potentially you could, but usually not. You're not gonna get somebody who walks over, get you draft, and next year is your start, whatever, and he's an all star. Yeah, and and all that. 
he's they're not going to have an effect necessarily for a few years to come. Now, this year we saw that could be different, especially just looking at like the Angels. Zach Neto, first one from the 2022 class of all the all of them to come to come to the major leagues. Um, we saw uh, Ben Joyce, uh, who obviously isn't been playing because he got injured. But Ben Joyce also last year, Ben Joyce and Zach Neto played each other during the college playoffs when Campbell and Tennessee matched up. Right. Um, so, you know, we we may see more of that happen, but it's, it's still a rarity. And it, a lot of it depends on, you know, where the guy is and what he's, what they see after, uh, you know, cause usually they get drafted and then they go and play, uh, play in the Arizona or the Florida uh, instructional leagues or, or that late season league. And then, uh, whatever league, um, Alec Manoa is in, um, you know, and then they, they see, where are they there? Where do we put them? Do they move up? Mm -hmm. Uh, So a lot of these guys aren't going to be doing that, but there's some teams this year at the top because number one, we had our very first draft lottery. And, um, even though the Washington nationals were the worst team in baseball last year, record wise with the draft lottery, the pirates are in a spot to pick up somebody who can help them continue to get better uh, in the long run and be that guy who can come up in a couple of years when they need to kind of rearrange things and uh, and keep it up because they've been overall they've dropped off a bit, but the pirates still have a chance because they play in the right division. Yeah, um, it's true. Uh, but they're going to be number one. And then, uh, and then following them uh, with number one uh, in the draft order is um, is the Nationals, followed by the Tigers. The Rangers have number four because of last year. The Twins at number five, the A's at number six, uh, the Reds at number seven, the Royals at number eight, the Rockies at nine, and the Marlins pick 10th. Um, and then from there, uh, pretty much it goes in order based on winning percentage. Uh, the only two teams that do not see first round picks are going to be the Dodgers and the Mets. And do you know why? Um, well, I don't know because, uh, they don't deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. I mean, you could look at it that way. They're not there because they exceeded the competitive balance tax threshold. Right. By more yes. than $40 million each. Yeah. So that takes them out. So they're going to be, uh, they'll be uh, in the second round, uh, but uh, I think they're at number 32 and number 36. Um, the last team to pick in the first round is the Asterix, uh, since they, they won it all. Uh, the playoff teams, if you're wondering how that was determined as they go down. So we know the first few teams, with the exception of the Pirates, Everybody else from there, actually the first six teams were by picking through the draft lottery. And then from there, it was winning percentage. And then the playoff teams were based on um, when they were eliminated from the postseason and then their revenue sharing status. So how much are they getting from everybody else? Are they a needy team? You know. So... You know, there's uh, so you have those. The other thing that comes up here is the Mariners will receive an extra pick 
at number 29 because of Julio Rodriguez. He won the rookie of the year. And remember, there was all this uh, service time manipulation stuff. So, players, that's uh, Chris Bryant uh, had a whole lawsuit about that. That's right. Uh, Yeah. About he would have been eligible to be a free agent a year earlier um, had they not been playing around with when they brought him up and and playing that game. So they they tried to put a stop to that. And if they win rookie of the year, you get another pick in the draft. Yeah. You know, some names that are coming up. We saw some of these guys uh, names in um, pop up a lot during the um, during the College World Series, uh, especially a couple of guys from LSU. Uh, going off of uh, uh, Keith Law from The Athletic, I, I mentioned him, I think, last week or maybe a couple weeks ago, that um, even even um, people from other, uh, you know, ESPN and uh, CBS Sports and other uh, baseball um, experts have will will note things that Keith Law uh, has said. Yeah, I mean he's he's the expert really when it comes to because he does with these drafts he does he looks at all of the prospects he has like a top one hundred and then he breaks it down and then he does a mock draft one point a mock draft two point and then he has like his three point and then I think he might even do you know, maybe another one just right before, if anything, you know, he feels like anything's going to change. But yeah, a lot of these guys, if you were watching the games in Omaha, you will know these names. Just going off of some of the stuff that he did, some of these guys that we've seen, we, I, I have to, you know, more or less agree with. There's a, there's a, there's a toss up between who's going to go number one between teammates. Yes. Dylan Cruz from LSU and Paul Skeens from um, from LSU. We I mentioned Paul Skeens a few times. Uh, he is a pitcher, had gone to uh, Air Force Academy and then uh, transferred out. You can transfer out of a service academy uh, after your sophomore year, and you're not required to um, to fulfill service time, military commitment. If you're out by that time, they give you that option. And once you go into your junior year, then you're committed to a certain amount of uh, of time. I mean, even David Robinson, who played b- basketball for the Navy, had to go out. And uh, at 6'8", uh, it stopped him from doing a lot of jobs, but he uh, he did some time. They let him out early, and they, they could have done that for any of these guys, but uh, probably not. Uh, so per Keith Law, he thinks that uh, Paul Skeens is going to head to Pittsburgh. Um, part of that, I think, is based on a rumor that Dylan Cruz, who's an outfielder, said, I don't want to go to Pittsburgh. Don't draft me. Yeah. Is that reverse psychology? It might. It might be. I would look at it now and say, wait, it looks like they're really coming together. They're not the bottom of the pile anymore. And it yeah. looks like they're really making these things that they were doing is really working out. Now. I, I I mentioned something and I didn't go through follow up with it um, because in 2020, two things happened. There was no minor league season. And they cut down within that time frame, they eliminated a bunch of MLB 
connected affiliated teams. So I think there's only like five or six. So all these players that were going to be coming out of college decided they just stay in college because there's a better chance they were going to play. So now you've got all these guys. You've even got a couple of high schoolers that are within like the top five uh, picks. Uh, so Paul Skeens, uh, who benefited from LSU winning, uh, winning the title and one of the hardest throwers that's going to be coming out. Uh, he's probably uh, better than maybe hard throws harder than like Hunter Green, Garrett Cole uh, at that time frame, uh, hitting over 100. But he's got finesse to it. So he's not like Ben Joyce. I'm just trying to throw the fastest pitch ever. Right. He's actually a starter and uh, and moving on and has continued to progress over the years. Uh, so that means that the Nationals are probably looking at Dylan Cruz. Now, if I'm Dylan Cruz, I'd rather go to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, Dylan Cruz, an outfielder, um, you know, so and, and great at, at the plate. Dylan Cruz was one of those kids that uh, – was being looked at and could have potentially um, uh, been a uh, high school pick. That's how good he was. But he all—he was one of those that he, when he graduated, he graduated in 2020. And uh, what was the point of doing that? Go to LSU because all this stuff, there was no, no playing at all in 2020 anyway. And... Uh, so he just decided I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get drafted. Uh, so he withdrew from that and ended up at LSU. Um, speaking of uh, uh, high schoolers, these are projected pr- picks. Any of this can change, but the Tigers at third are projected to take uh, a high schooler. I'm sorry, not a high schooler. Uh, Florida kid, the one of the outfielders from Florida, Wyatt Langford. Although the Tigers are also considering a catcher that right now has been um, connected to potentially the Angels, a Ooh. kid named Kyle Teal. But uh, Langford uh, played well during the World Series for Florida, was part of their their push, and uh, could very well end up there. He's also one that was in a good spot to be drafted out of high school and chose to go to college instead. Uh First um, high schooler, the Rangers are projected to take Max Clark, an outfielder uh, from Indiana. And uh, there's another uh, another kid, Walker Jenkins, that could also go high uh, in uh, in the draft. Uh, and then, you know, from there, Minnesota Twins uh, looking to take a shortstop to eventually uh, take over for Correa. And that would be Jacob Gonzalez. Um, you know, all these guys are, they don't get this um, top kind of buzz unless they're really uh, blowing thing, you know, blowing people away uh, at this young level. Like I said, there's like three or four high school guys that are ranked higher than some of these college guys we saw. So there's yeah, a- and I was to say one of the things that uh, you need to watch for too in the draft is you will have high schoolers that are drafted. But a lot of these guys, um, you just mentioned uh, Max Clark. He is um, a Vanderbilt. He's committed. He's committed to Vanderbilt. That doesn't mean that he's going to go. He may decide to go, you know, ML, go to the MLB. But um, we'll see. But 
uh, that's always kind of, and I think that's always kind of a gamble too for teams. Um, what are, if they know that they're committed to a school, what are they going to offer them to get them to get, to come to play for them, not go to forego college. Right. I was just watching um, Moneyball was on TV the other day. And that whole process of when Billy Bean is being um, courted Mm -hmm. to, you know, it's like he was already going to Stanford or someplace. And uh, and then this came up and it was really about, do you want to go do this, have the education and do this? Or do you want to start getting paid? And, you know, it's hard to um to make that decision of can i get this big signing bonus and for some kids that could help their family and that but it turns out to be the wrong idea had they gone to college it would have been a better experience for them and they might have gotten to a better spot they may have grown differently i mean they might push a little more for somebody they played a uh, paid a lot for in in a bonus situation uh, which is a big deal too because there's bonus slots you know, if you take Paul Skane's number one, potentially you could pay him a nine million dollar plus signing bonus. Joe Kelly mentions in his book that when he got called by the Angels to be drafted, he told him he wanted million millions and millions is how he said it. Right. And then he ends up dropping down and gets uh, selected uh, by St. Louis for a couple hundred thousand is all they offered him in signing. And he realized at that moment that he had messed up. He could have played next to home. Here he is having his 21st birthday just down the street from Anaheim stadium. And he said, I blew it. You know, a lot of times you want the money right then and there. And like I said, I get it. So there's a lot of, a lot of talk about that, uh, you know, and how that all works. Um, That's beyond me. I just want to see, uh, you know, the best guys get into the league. I want to see some of these guys. I, I want to see what Paul Skeens does later on. I want to see Dylan. Kruger. I want to see what some of these, uh, you know, um, uh, high schoolers do right off. Can How fast can they make it up? Are they ready to do that? Um, when I went through uh, Keith Law, he's got the Angels. You know, they're picking number 11. And he's got Chase Dollander. You remember him? Yeah, from Tennessee. Yeah. And so they're looking at him as a potential, and that's good. Let's pick up quality arms, unlike a couple of years ago where uh, Perry just picked a pitcher every round, which wasn't necessarily at the time. I think every Angel fan thought, okay, that's not necessarily a bad strategy. My hope is is that whoever the Angels pick can have uh, impact at some point down the road as they continue to build uh, or hopefully decide to build a full-on winning team. Uh, which they're going to have to do if if they can convince Otani to stick around, which it's getting less and less likely, I feel, as we go. Um, that aside, though, still talking about the draft, What uh, have you seen what the Dodgers potentially may do when they get to uh, number 36 to on uh, draft day? Yeah, it looks like uh, from all of my resources. No. Uh, crystal Johnny, ball. That's right. And I my looked eight in ball. at a head of cabbage <laughs> in my refrigerator. Johnny, and the top of Planet Head's head. It's <laughs> Johnny uh, Farmello, who is an outfielder 
from Westfield High School in Chantilly, Virginia. He is he has committed to the University of Virginia, so that obviously will come into play. But uh, yeah, he uh, he is the one that looks like the Dodgers are uh, are kind of maybe it's who they're going to go with. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the uh, the picks are like he's, uh, you know, based off of these are the way the players kind of fall out and then we can go. You know, the one thing that I didn't go back and look at um, and and it plays a lot into this this year that I'd never thought about is it's always been the the, the, um, the combine. If I said, oh, they're going to the combine. What's the first thing you think of? Uh, NFL. Right. Automatically, because that's been a huge, that's a televised event. Well, this year it was a televised event on MLB channel uh, as well. And um, there were some guys that uh, really increased their uh, draft odds as from what I heard, but I didn't really look into that that much. I will be looking so that way I'm ready for draft day uh, because for some reason this year, it's just grabbed me differently. Usually I never thought about it, but maybe it's because I'm watching guys who just got drafted last year come up and get a shot. And in Zettos, uh, you know, aside from being uh, injured right now, the Angels have a winning record when he's playing. Since he's been out, they have a losing record. Yeah, he's having a he's having an impact. And that's that's a good thing. Uh, so, but the combine has helped, but we're going to watch all this happen and see if, um, and you know, the other thing is there is, I don't think I'd ever want to be the number one draft, uh, pick, uh, you know, you know, who the, you remember who the number one draft pick of all time was, right? The very first MLB draft pick. Mm, I don't, I do not remember Rick Should... Monday. Was oh, the very first. Why didn't I number think? One yes, draft I knew that. Ah, I knew that. And you know the thing is, Rick Monday was a was a longtime player, but he wasn't a Hall of Famer. And there's always that thing. Oh, this guy, he's a, the 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 um, expectations are so high for a number one draft or a top five draft. So Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, all those guys that we just talked about. They're really going to be in uh, in a spot if they don't come through, and it happens. Look at Kumar Rocker. Now Kumar Rocker didn't come to be a lot of it because they realized he had that injury, which turned out to him to be uh, didn't he have Tommy John in the what? The, yeah, uh, he's out, and he didn't hadn't made it to the bigs yet. Um, this kid Johnny Farmello. Oh, the Dodgers took you first. Sure, not number one, number one, but you were their first pick of this draft. There's a lot of pressure for that for a team like the Dodgers. And then on the other side, is this kid like I grew up hating the Dodgers or of all? I think the Dodgers would be a great team, a great organization to be part of uh, based on history. Right. I mean, if my choice is that or to go to. Uh, you know, the Washington Nationals or the Oakland A's. Maybe the Oakland A's I'm okay with because I might make it to the bigs quick. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think there's always uh, expectation, obviously, when you're number one. Because everybody's watching you. Because that's who, that's who you remember. You remember the first 
you know, who was first. You don't remember who's 36th or 40th or, you know, whatever. Mookie Betts was a fourth round pick. Yeah. You don't, you don't even remember. Yeah. What round you did the first round and you might remember the top five, maybe top 10. Right. If that, and if, if they don't make no. it, if they don't make it up, you don't even remember that at all. You can look at some draft classes that were pretty heavy. And I know there's been comparisons here with some drafts where like, uh, uh, you know, a lot of guys who are playing, uh, that came out, uh, I'm trying to remember who else Garrett Cole's the only name that picked that, you know, that stayed with me from that article, but there were a lot of guys who are in the league now. And, um, that's not, that's rarely going to happen that yeah. they go on and become all-stars. Mm-hmm. So all-star weekend, all-star early week, whatever you want to call it. It's not really a weekend. It's, uh, it's, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of the break. Uh, some teams will be off, uh, Thursday as well. Come back and uh, start over again on Friday. Uh, my hope is we know that, um, I don't know if you watched any of the, um, the prospects game last year, uh, that's on Sunday. You get to see some minor leaguers that are picked uh, from around the league. Uh, that one was pretty good, and a couple of those guys are in the bigs now. Uh, Corbin Carroll uh, and uh, you know a few other guys that are up uh, doing well. And, uh, and then, of course, the home run derby is always fun. The question is, will the All-Star game be exciting? Yeah, the last few years it has not been it's like very boring, ho-hum. Uh, I believe if you want to go back to last year's, uh, um, to last season, you'll see our uh, episode about the All-Star Game. It is titled Yawn Star Game. Yeah. And it so, is available on your favorite uh, listening platform. <laughs> the Angels are like watching a mystery movie are they going to do really well or are they going to fall apart what's going to happen where and are there clues along the way you can pick up as to where this is going to go playing great for a while and then last week they had issues they come into uh this lat this last week the week before they had issues they come into this next week they've got the white Sox, which really you don't know how that's going to go because the White Sox sometimes are, they've got some big names and some some great players on that team, but they're underachieving this year completely. Some due to some um, uh, issues with, uh, with injuries, some just bad pitching. But a lot of guys like Tim Anderson, unfortunately, are not playing up to where they were before. So we don't know what we're going to get. We're doing the Forrest Gump thing. Not sure what we're going to get. And then, of course, we get the Diamondbacks. Uh, who, I don't, what do we call them? The, you know, because you had the Amazing Mets back in 1969. What are the Diamondbacks? Because the Diamondbacks are completely out of nowhere, it feels like. You you already got them finishing last or next to last with the rocks, and and uh, instead, and it wasn't a fluke at the beginning of the season where they took off and they won a bunch of games and then they settled in and fell back. They have continued to be one of the biggest stories, one of the biggest surprises, and leading 
the uh, the NL West um, easily leading the NL West. Yeah. Um, so we got that that we have to work through uh, this time around with the with the Angels uh, upcoming week there. So we'll get to that. The Angels finish the week with a 45 and 41 record. They're a game behind Toronto for the wild card and a total of three out of the wild card. There's six games out of uh, first place uh, behind uh, Texas and Houston. We could just say behind Texas in general. Yeah, just it's all- in general. Anyway, um, you know, I got to say this. The first game out, I got to mention this, um, Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease looks like he should be in like the 20s. <laughs> He's got that his mustache, his look, because yes. the way his hair is cut. And I see him like an old barber or something. He's got the shirt on. He's got the garter up on his uh uh, remember the, uh, I don't know if you remember this it used to be an ice cream place called Farrell's. Yeah. And, uh, and they all dress like that and that, yes. you know, yes. late 1800s through twenties kind of look. And, right. uh, he's got that kind of look. You could put him in that. He could look like, um, like Herbert Hoover or Calvin Coolidge with those suits and then his little, <laughs> and he just looks like he could be from that era. Anyway, he comes out and. Dylan Cease, I think, is a Cy Young candidate. He's probably not a strong Cy Young candidate because of who's in front of him. But uh, he's throwing. Reed Detmers is out there. Um, and they start off the series with him. Uh, all-star Luis uh, Robert uh, Jr. with a home run in the first game. And the Angels walk away with a 2-1 to win. And, uh, and that was thanks to two things. Shohei hitting number 26, and then Mike Trout, who struck out three times, uh, scored a run on a walk-off pitch, on a wild pitch, a walk-off wild pitch. Right. So two to one, they win that. Now, here's the thing with this. You start off, that's a good start, right? This is a four-game set. Yeah. So win the first three, you win the series. Yeah, you should feel good about winning that first. You always hear guys say, yeah, winning the first game of the series is important. Right. But it, like you said, it's a mystery on how it's going to end. One thing, one of the, I think, worst uh, names, and he's a pitcher, relief pitcher. His last name's Bummer. I mean, that's like. Right. Aaron. it's not like boomé. It's uh, <laughs> it's bummer. Like oh bummer. man, here yeah, comes it's bummer. Like, it's such a bummer. Oh man, I gave up. I uh, I blew the save. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah, that's who was pitching. Actually, that's exactly right. Um, you know the White Sox come into Anaheim having just won a series with the Red Sox. Um, you're not sure if that's going to continue to play on. Uh. And after game two, not only did they have to deal with Shohei on the mound, they had to deal with him at the plate, too. And another Shohei is everything game. Uh, Shohei right now, if everybody was projecting he's going to get a contract worth 500, 600 million, around 50 million to 60 million. Right now, he's shooting for about 800, 900 
maybe even a billion a year, the way that he's going. <laughs> imagine. I know he was the last American League player before Shohei to hit at least two home runs and strike out at least 10 was Cleveland's Pedro Ramos on July 31st, 1963. And that came in a nightcap of a doubleheader against the Angels. Right, of course. <laughs> of course. So anyway, Shohei strikes out 10, goes six and a third, and then hits two home runs and goes three for three. Because uh, why wouldn't uh, you? you yes. Know? <laughs> and... Uh, and a guy that I want to talk about when we get to the end here uh, a little bit, Carlos Estevez picks up his 20th in 20 tries when it comes to saves. Only gave up one run in that. Um, interestingly enough, a guy that every time I see him play, with the exception of this game, he strikes out, um, and that would be uh, Moustakas. Moose. Uh, getting calls of Moose around the stadium when he hit a home run. But yeah. for the most part, he just strikes out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, in this game, he was two for four. Yeah, in Estevez, you mentioned Estevez, and that, I think, is probably one of the biggest snubs. Absolutely. Star. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. So going into the last half of this series, the Angels roll out two pitchers who have been struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, Jaime Berea in one. Patrick Sandoval in the other. Berea's had a couple of high spots. Sandoval's pretty much had one hot spot. I think we talked about that last week where he went seven innings, had a great game. But overall, he is our Noah Syndergaard right now. Yeah. And maybe it's a toss-up between him and uh, and Tyler Anderson. But I think it's him. I yeah. Think it's Sandoval. Uh, well, right now. Berea has had that before. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Right. He's on the well, IL. So. Um, Berea, he was making his first start in uh, two weeks. You know, so that right there kind of tells you how his season's gone. Yeah, he did. Now, he did um, pitch a couple times in relief right. during that time frame. But I, I, I've liked him a lot more out of the bullpen. They're going up against a guy who knows what it's like to be a bad pitcher because just a few years ago, he was the worst pitcher statistically in all of Major League Baseball in Lucas Giolito. And he turned it around, uh, struck out nine over seven innings. Uh, the Moose, just talking about him, three strikeouts in that game, 0 for 3. Um, who did get some hits in this game for the Angels? Um, oh, by the way, they lost 11. They, they um, did, but Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury with a, uh, with a home run and uh, a solo home run, but drove in three runs. Back-to-back -back triples instead of home runs this time. Back-to-back -back triples by Shohei and uh, Mike Trout. Uh, yeah. they, don't really, uh, they don't really get them back in. Uh, or, or take advantage of it. Uh, they did get um, Trout in on that, but I don't think Shohei scored off of that. They left him on base. But Shohei, three for five with that triple. Uh, but they just couldn't do anything. And Sandoval, uh, I mean, Berea on that one uh, gives up five runs, three home runs uh, to um, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and then uh, uh, there was a, there were two home runs hit by Sebi Zavala. So it, it just, you know, once again, don't know what's going on. But there's still a chance for them to win the series. 
Yeah, it's not over. Yeah, and they actually put themselves in a good position early on. Uh, last time that the Angels play uh, faced Lance Lynn in Chicago, they teed off on him. They just beat him into the ground. Home runs, home run, home run. And it looked like we were going to start that way too. Mickey Moniak with a uh, leadoff home run. Shohei had a home run in that game. Mike Trout, three for five. Hunter Renfro, home run. Even Moose had a home run. Yeah. So pretty incredible. Uh, but uh, in the end of everything, Patrick Sandoval only goes five innings, gives up eight hits, seven runs, but did strike out eight. Got to give him that. He struck yeah. out eight. But he gets the L uh, as they just couldn't do anything. Uh, they bring in uh, Kendall Graveman to close it out. And uh, the Angels uh, lose this one nine to seven. And that's a wrap on uh, on that series. Uh, you know, the first couple games, actually, when we look at all these games, there's only one one really bright spot, true bright spot in all of those games. And that is, um, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer he's going to be an angel. How many more games we got? Um I don't think they're going to trade him at the trade deadline. I, I think don't think so either. Miss yeah. out. I think we're just going to end up losing. I mean, they'll give him a qualifying offer so we can get a draft pick out of it or something. But uh, Shohei is the only hot spot out of That's all of it. that. That's it. Um, and that brought us back. Two things happened. The Diamondbacks came to the Big A. And Anthony Rendon came back. To the big day. <laughs> Which one was better? Um, I don't know. I always think about in the movie Stripes. They get to Germany. They're in their barracks. And then Sergeant Hulka comes back after he'd been blown up in training. And he shows up with there. And Bill Murray looks at uh, Harold Ramis and goes, It is alive. <laughs> And that's kind of how I feel about Anthony Rendon. So anyway, he's back, and uh, and the Angels uh, taking on, uh, as we've been talking about, the National League West leading Arizona Diamondbacks. They come in having just lost a series to, to Tampa Bay, um, which that's not. That's yeah. Well, what's and that's only the three games they ever have to face them this season. Right. So it's not not really that huge of a deal. Uh, they're still leading by a, a good margin, so they're not too worried about it. And then they got to play the Angels, so they're not real sure where they're going to be there. Sure, Angels have a winning record, but the Angels, we don't know how they'd be doing against Tampa Bay right now. Mm-mm. They haven't played Tampa Bay yet that I remember. Um, so uh, anyway, so they come in. Now, here's the thing that I want to talk about. This. They end up losing the series. They don't get swept. So that's a good thing. Yes. But they end up losing the series. But I want to I want to talk about this game for game one just for one reason. Griffin Canning's on the mound. And I read a couple of articles, one out of the Orange County Register, and I don't remember the other one. It was probably the same, uh, you know, grab from the same article because you know, these news groups are all over the place. But basically it said Canning ruins Shohei's, uh, you know, Shohei's day or something like that and i have to i have to argue back against that 
Griffin Canning's first two innings of this game were abysmal. Yeah. Um, oh. Gives up. I mean, really, the winning the winning thing was um, uh, Yuli, uh, Yuli. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Grand Slam. Uh, you know, he takes that out, and there was there was no looking back at that point. But after the Grand Slam, Canning sets down the next 13 batters in a row. How does that have any? Yes, they lost six to two. But how does that? Shohei hit one home run, drove in two runs. That was he hit the home run after they were already losing. Yeah. Um, he how does he ruin that? Nobody else did anything. Trout was two for four. Trout had been warming back up, looking better, had been hitting over 300 over the last week or two. So there was a lot more going on. A lot of pitchers have a bad first couple of innings, but nobody did anything from there to help overcome that. Their offense was two guys. Right. And that's yeah. been part of the problem. It's been Shohei and um, not even Mike Trout. Shohei, Brandon Jury. Brandon Jury's out. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hunter Renfro, you know, the guys who were doing it, Zach Neto out, Urshela out, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, go for me? I don't, you, yeah, I think that's just an easy headline to put because you think, well, they lost the game and he did this amazing, these amazing things. But when you look at the box score at the middle, Rendon, Mustakis, Renfro, Escobar, 0 for 3, and then 0 for 4, the rest. So yeah. it can't just be on Griffin Canning. No. The he had a bad couple of innings, sure, but he picked it up, recovered, and showed what he's made of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they could have gone on and scored 100 runs if he doesn't figure out, oh, I need to pitch differently. Yeah, I think, I mean... What hurt them, obviously, was those four walks. He, you know, he gave up four walks and one happened to be, you know, and then a grand slam. (laughs) Right. I mean, that doesn't doesn't help. help. No. But it's not unrecoverable when you still have seven more innings of baseball to play. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the rest of it is that uh, the next game they lose as well, three to one. Uh, Tyler Anderson does look okay in this one. Doesn't give up a run. Only five hits over five innings. It's Sam Bachman, who's actually looked pretty well, good overall, who ends up giving up two of the three. Chris Davinsky, another one who has been pretty solid, gives up the other one. And uh, and they end up losing that one. And that goes to the sole game that they do win to avoid getting swept. Reed Detmers uh, strikes out nine over six innings, only gives up two, uh, two runs. Uh, one of those, a home run to Carson Kelly. Um, it was a, it was a good day for home run wise for the angels, especially since they were, uh, going up against Cy Young candidate for the national league, Zach Gallant, who, uh, despite, uh, giving up four runs and five hits over seven innings, struck out 12 angels along mm-hmm. the way. So yeah. he, he lost out on the home run ball. Mickey Moniak with a three-run uh, shot. Trout and Shohei, both with solo shots. Uh, and they're able to um, stop the um, stop the Diamondbacks that day. 
hold them at two runs, score five of their own, and then Carlos Estevez does what he does and save opportunities, he converts it. 21 for 21. 21 for 21. Wow. So they, they walk out of this not in a great spot. They go three for four. Um, they're still playing over 500. They're out of, uh, like I said, they're out of the, um, they're like three games out of the wild card. They got to get through Toronto to get there, but so much can change after the, the all-star game. So many people, they come back from that little break and it's like, you know, when you've been working hard, like you're out in the yard or you do something that's very physical. And then when you stop, you sit down, you can't really get up again. Right. You, know, <laughs> you don't want to get up. tired. Your body, your, everything kind of just slows down. It goes out yes. any muscle pains or anything. And then as you get older, it gets worse. I think that kind of happens to players, especially if they're not part of the all-star weekend or the all-star week that, um, they're not there. They can go off and spend two or three days at the beach or they go home and hang out or whatever. As we know what happened last all-star break when all the Dodgers went home, (laughs) everybody was out on paternity leave at the same time. Um, With the angels, Reed Detmers has really, I mean, he's two for five. His records is two for five, but I don't think it reflects what he's really been doing on the mound because he's looked better, obviously, in his last two starts because he won those starts. Um, but he is, you know, he struck out at least eight. He allowed two or fewer runs in this game. And he's the first Angels pitcher to do that since Nolan Ryan in 1972-73. So he's coming around. I mean, you see these flashes of of brilliance on the mound. And if he can just continue with, I think it's a lot of it is confidence. And, uh, but I think he's, when you look at a record, his record right now, because with, especially with pitchers, it doesn't always reflect what they're actually doing on the mound. And so I think Reed Detmers, at least in his last two starts, deserves a lot more credit than maybe he's getting. Yeah, definitely. Cause you figure between those two starts, he was uh, 19 strikeouts. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's it. Now, my, my concern is, is think about last season, Jaime Berea, Patrick Sandoval. Mm-hmm. They were both on top of it. Yeah. And look where they are this year. Well, yeah. And that's, um, you hope that he doesn't, you know. Suarez, another one. Mm-hmm. So my, my hope is like you're saying, these two guys, Detmers and Canning, are kind of in that same spot. This is their breakouts. We saw we saw potential, but this is the breakout year. What happens next year? How many seasons did it take Sandoval before he finally got to that good year? A couple of seasons. Yeah. These guys have been a couple of seasons. I saw a tweet the other day. Some guy said, why does Matt Wise come out? What does he do? What is his purpose? Right. He goes out to talk to him on the mound. What does he say? Nothing's ever better after he comes out. Yeah, you wonder what they what is he what do they say? Because sometimes you see the guys come out and they say they had walked the the previous batter, and then the pitching coach comes on the mound, and then after that, you know they either get the guy to ground out, fly out, or they strike him out. Right. You're like, okay, whatever he said was good. Right. So comes out, checks what in, is does a why saying? You know, like, hey, uh, 
you know, I, I've got a dinner reservation. <clears throat> My wife wants to go see this movie. You know, come on, let's wrap this up. <laughs> hey, there's a Barry Manilow concert tonight. That's and I right. I want to go. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just over here at the pond. And if you the, can give uh, up a few more home runs, no. If you could just get this going because I need to go home and I, I need to shower. And um, I'm going to meet her there because I just got to get across from here over to, um, well, it's <laughs> whatever they call it now. It's not the pond anymore. Honda Center. Oh, where right. The, uh, where the ducks play. And uh, we're like, hey, I got I got to go to this uh, to this uh, to this concert. No, I always wonder what. Yeah. What they they say, because sometimes obviously they say something and it turns it around. The other stupid thing I heard and I didn't see specifically said it, but I I can believe he said it is um, Phil Nevin is attributed to this particular quote is we don't chase wins every night. Now, why wouldn't you? Uh, that's what I'm wondering. I, and you guys are in a must win situation. You have to win every night. Yeah. Your margin of error. So is very small. I mean, the angels, ha- you know, they're either a wild card or they're not a wild card. And maybe Otani list next season. Right. Or n- completely Otani list next season. And that's, that's your yeah. two choices. <laughs> that's it. You, so you should not, be chasing wins every night. That every is night your, is a must. Is a must win. Yeah, it's you know. You what, don't have who any had other the, choice. Who had the? Uh, was it NBC? You know, must see TV. Mm-hmm. It's must see wins. Must for the win ages. baseball yeah. games. Uh, and with that, let's talk a little bit about Carlos Estevez. You alluded to him being snubbed, does yeah. not make the all-star team, might make it now that they're going to have open spots probably here. But how does he not make it at least as a reserve, um, you know, or as in that? Because you don't vote for pitchers. Um, how does he not make it? I as think. Pitch- Go ahead. Well, I, was, I, I think that the reason he doesn't make it. And if you're looking, especially like players who, who overshadows and it's not in a bad way. I'm not saying you over in a bad way, but everybody it's Shohei Otani. It's if you're looking the next morning, the first thing that you see is, Oh, he hit another one. It's another home run. He did this, he did that. And so a player like, uh, Steves, who is doing great things on the mound, obviously 21 saves. People don't pay attention to that. But these aren't the pitchers aren't picked by fans. No. And players who have seen him, a lot of this stuff is reserves. And I don't know how the pitchers um, do I have to look at that. If that's a commissioner thing, if that's uh, a manager thing. So is Dusty Baker who's a manager is he seeing that I don't but think the managers have any say yeah anymore. I don't think so maybe maybe now um you know that they're um that they're going to be moving people around I don't know you're right I I don't know if they do but Estevez so Emmanuel Class A not a bad I mean he he's last year's reliever of the year he's been great he was a you know but he's got six blown saves. If you need one player from every team, they have Jose Ramirez. You didn't need Emmanuel Class A. 
And Emmanuel Class A does not prove to be better than Carlo, uh, Carlos Esteve. Well, and it could come down to, for some of the players, if they're doing this ballot, it could be down to name recognition again for just, oh, I'll just, yeah, I know who he is. I'll just do that. Well, there could be, but, and I, I, I mean, you would hope may not. still make it. I don't know how that information works in the player circles, but the, the big office up there has to know. And why does class A, if you're looking at numbers and you're looking at that, why would you pick him instead of looking at Estevez, who's clearly a better choice? Yeah. Um, so that's the one I was upset about. The other one that could be, you know, could be questionable that uh, he didn't get in. Um, it wouldn't really matter because he's injured right now. But uh, Brandon Drury, I think, had a good case to be uh, an all-star and could still be uh, named one, you know, depending on how things play out. But he could have. I'm less less about that one. Estevez, I think, really got got snubbed. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest one. So the Angels uh, get to play uh, the Padres down at Petco and then come up for a two game set at the ravine versus the Dodgers. They only play two. So they have the Sunday before all-star week off uh, for a little extended, like a five day time off, which also will apply to the uh, Dodgers. Um, and we'll talk about them in a second. You got the all-star game and then, uh, and then they're going to be out on the road after that with Houston and Pittsburgh. Um, let's uh, take a look this week at our player of the week. This one, you know, hey, I think uh, it's Shohei. I, 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 I tried I not to. I know. I did, too. But when you go back through. Who else? Who else could you, there's guys, you there's, choose? There's guys that come in and do a little bit, but he carried the, the load. Um, I wonder, though, because he's seen a little extra fatigue this year. Is he going to be able to keep up this pace for the rest of the season? Yeah, that will be. We will see. Um, now, happens. I did. I did consider Mike Trout because Mike Trout did have an overall good week. Three eighteen, yeah. double, triple home run, couple of RBIs. Here's what stopped me. He only walked twice. Out of 22 at bats, he struck out 11 times. That's a 50% strikeout rate. Yeah. And there's guys who have more, but he strikes out in bad times. And we talked about it. Uh, I think it was uh, last week when we were talking about them playing the Dodgers in the first part of the um, thing, that that last swing he gave, he wasn't the last out. He was the second out of that last inning. That just like he just kind of, you know, just I don't care. It really yeah. had nothing into it. The pitch was way outside. His eye has been gone. And you know who he reminds me of right now? Remember how, how dominant Mike Tyson was for all those years? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then he got involved with Robin Givens, who was oh, the actress, yeah. was on mm -hmm. Head of the Class, I think was the right. show she was yeah. on. And yeah. her mom. And all of a sudden, he was so distracted by whatever and the drama that was constantly going on with his wife. I don't think that he's got that. I think he's got the perfect little life at home. He and his wife are great, but he's got the kid. Father's Day, they were talking to him, and they were like, uh, you know, asked him if he had anything else to say, you know, and he did the standard, 
you know, cliche of happy Father's Day to my dad and anybody, all the other dads out there. And I can't wait to get home to my little one. I wonder if that's his distraction. It could be. Uh, but also he's got this golf course that he's that building. Could be it too. And I and and when I heard that, and you know, oh, he's building this golf course. I don't know how involved he is. If it's really just in his name, there, his um, name and his money. Yeah. So maybe he is more involved than we we know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the same could be said. Obviously, he is not at the s- same level as um, a trout. But I think the same could be said for Max Muncy. It's time for Dodger baseball. Yeah, Max, um, and I think we need to address a couple of people on the uh, on the Dodgers in the Dodgers lineup that yes. maybe don't need to be in the Dodgers lineup. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, so we should just start start there with uh, just addressing the Dodgers lineup instead of going through these games. I mean, I think the most exciting thing for the Dodgers this week was they were in Denver and they were under a tornado watch. I think that is. <laughs> it wasn't even the tornado watch. It was the hail that <laughs> fell before game time, a couple hours before well, that game time. Too. That, that made it look like it had snowed. Yeah, in the dugout, up to the doors, in the dugout leading to the clubhouse, there was hail up to the uh, the handles. But that was the last game. We'll look at these first two games. Dodgers do win. I mean, they come out of this in Colorado with the series win. All right. I thought you just wanted to talk about their lineup, not about the games. <laughs> no, well, I, I'm going to do that real Kinda quick. Kind of mix it in. Mix okay. it in. Because I think it's important here. So... Uh, they win the first game, five to nothing. It's uh, Kershaw day. Thing is, Kershaw he had a no hitter through six innings, um, and he you know he only threw seventy nine pitches, but he came out of the uh, you know Doc came out to talk to him to get him, and he was like, I'm done. And uh, we know where that has led. J.D. Martinez did hit his 299th and his 300th home run of his career as the Dodgers go on to beat the Rockies. This next game is really a tough one, I think, because it's the Dodger lineup. We have no rotation. Our rotation really is Kershaw, who has really, and no pun intended, shouldered the load and he, you know, we had Michael Grove come in. Um, you know, he had, he was, didn't look bad. He went five innings, but then, you know, Victor Gonzalez comes in, loads the bases. Um, and it just, you know, it just, from there, it just kind of, anytime no, you, you, we have Michael Grove on the mound, you're kind of like, where is this game going to go? I yeah, don't it's know. A, it's a toss up. <laughs> but he wasn't, and like you said, he wasn't so much the problem. It was um, the bullpen. Right. Uh, because Grove gave you what he almost always gives you. Yes. But Gonzalez, um, you know, uh, in just the third inning pitch, gives up, uh, ends up giving up three runs. Uh, he didn't, uh, they were charged to him because Nick Robertson comes in and ends up actually giving up five runs because all three inherited runners score. And then he gave up two of his own. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just, so the Dodgers lose this game nine to eight. 
the Rockies had a five-run sixth-inning rally. Um, their shortstop, um, Ezekiel uh, Tovar, he hit a three-run three double um, to help in that rally. And so, but again, you think they're playing the Rockies, <laughs> but it seems like the Dodgers struggle with teams that aren't that great and teams that are good. I don't know. You, they're just kind of everywhere. And they scored twice in the eighth, but then J.D. Martinez comes up and bases are loaded and he ends the inning. Um, and then this last game. That's the thing is like, because of how he's played, you're like, okay, things happen. Yeah. It used to be that way with like going back to ages, Mike Trout. We came up. It was rare that it happened that way. Mm-hmm. But he's he's become like almost a, an easy out there. J.D., based on this, he's had enough times where he's hit the ball well uh, and kept things going or put the Angels, I mean, the Dodgers back on top, um, you know, or, or extended a lead. Uh, so, you know, at least in that case, it wasn't like, oh, shoot, here we go again with this. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it just, that's just the way it was. But, you know, if you're talking about Max Muncy in particular in this game one, he was 0 for 3. He didn't start in game two, but he did come up as a pinch hitter and was 0 for 1. I mean, he didn't do anything. He So, um, Miguel Vargas, he's another one. He's very hit and miss. Um, you know, he hasn't been in the lineup. They have, they kind of pulled him from the lineup to give him kind of a break, I think a mental reset. I also think that he has a lot of pressure um, or he maybe puts a lot of pressure on himself because of who, you know, his dad was a Cuban player, um, very well known, you know, in, in Cuban baseball. And I think he feels, maybe he feels that pressure um, because a lot of times he looks lost. You just, you're not sure. And then the next time, you know, he gets a triple and you're like, oh, okay. And it, you know, he just, he's a mystery to me. Um, And then Outman, first game two for four, but then in the second game, he's 0 for five. Right. So, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those, you know, one of those things. Well, it's not, Um, and and here's the thing with that, it's come down to, generally it's the pitching staff. Yeah, in most of all of the games, it comes down. I mean, they down. scored eight runs in that second game. It's not like that they didn't score anything. No. It's just, um, you know, Mookie was great. Yanni Hernandez, who's had a couple of good uh, games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Freeman and Peralta. Those guys have been pretty consistent. So it's when you come down to it, it's one side of the pitching staff or the other. It's either the starter, who's just horrendous, or the bullpen, horrendous. Sometimes both at the same time. Yeah. And exactly. that's what a big problem is. Now, you know, the next night you figure the 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 Rockies were had to be flying high, kind of. Well, they yeah. won a series right before this versus the Angels. The problem is, is that in that they had a negative run differential versus the Angels, yet they won the series two games to three. Yeah. Yeah. I think for Dodger fans, when you look at the Rockies, and you know where they've been in the West. 
they're standing, you always assume that they're the Dodgers are always going to beat them. And that's not always the case. They've had a lot of call-ups from Albuquerque um, because of injuries. I think Chris Bryant is back, but, you know, is he really going to make that much of a difference? Uh, Charlie Blackman is out of the lineup. You know, there's a lot of different things going on there. But they have these young players that are coming in, getting a shot in the majors, and then, you know, they get that double or triple or whatever they need Um to keep going. The last game was the wild weather game. I mean, it was crazy. Like I said, Denver was under a tornado watch. Uh, they had uh, rain. They had the hail. Um, the groundskeepers, I think, really, if you're going to give a player of the week or players of this series, it would be the groundskeepers at Denver. Well, they, they talked to um, Jason Hayward after the game about how it was playing out there because he was there and right. And um, and he said he had to really give it to them because they really cleaned up the field well that, uh, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as they anticipated it could be. Yeah, and I mean, so he, he called a, them out for kudos on that. Yeah, there's a lot of hail and they had to use they had to get all of that hail off the field. And so the tarp is covered, you know, obviously the infield, but it doesn't cover the outfield. So they had blowers on their back to blow it they had tractors they had squeegees they had shovels (laughs) they they had everything because they didn't want to not play this game because the Rockies don't see the Dodgers again until I think August May or September I'd have to look at the schedule but I think they have a double header in there and so then they'd have to play like five games um and it would just be you know, it would be be kind of crazy. So, you know, a delay of an hour and 50 minutes doesn't hurt the Dodgers. They end up winning this game, uh, 14 to three JD Martinez, one we've mentioned, he had four hits in this game. He had his 19th home run of the season. Um, you know, the Dodgers had eyes. Yeah. uh, They had a six run fourth inning and, you know, they just came out and just, you know, he, he in extended Martinez did he extended his hitting streak to 11 games at Coors Field you had to think he probably didn't play that much at Coors as a Red Sox um he has a he's a career 444 hitter there uh Max Muncy did have a hit in this game um but you know again it's just kind of where well, the, where is that he actually had, had two. two two hits and three RBIs in this that's game. true and okay so that's the anomaly he oh goes, no it is it is the exception it, to it's his like rule. oh three oh for three oh for, you know pinch hit oh for one and then he has a game like this and you're like oh max is back everybody had a game like that though it was like the it was, angels game it was. just the week before where yeah. everybody was hitting it was right. you know 14 um you know, 14 runs. Yeah. The only guy not hitting and he hasn't been is cuz, you know, he was over right. five in this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, you know, it wasn't. So they walk away, like you said, with the series win. um, Elias Diaz, uh, was, uh, was the one that drove in all three runs for, uh, all-star, sorry, all-star Elias Diaz. Yes. That's how uh, you drove in all three <laughs> runs uh, for them. Uh, Freddie and Max both had three RBIs apiece. So, 
uh, multi-hit games from uh, Mookie and uh, Jason um, Hayward. Yep. So, I mean, overall, it was not an impressive-looking series. The Dodgers win two. Uh, They go to Kansas City from there. They're going to uh, see them. Kansas City coming off of uh, a series uh, loss to... um, to Cleveland, which uh, was uh, right after they split a pair. I mean, they split four uh, between them and Tampa Bay. So they had a better series against Tampa Bay than they did against Cleveland. Uh, so you figure this is a good good stop, too. Colorado, then Kansas City might help you build up more of your confidence, especially after a 14-3 to game. Maybe some guys will get back on. Max will get back on track, but I I don't think so. No, I think they would rather just forget uh, Kansas City. I mean, the first game, they won. Maybe they ate too much barbecue. It might... That is true. Maybe they could They went over and hung out at the Jazz Museum, and now they think there's some cool cats, and they just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It just was disappointing this series. Um, other than Mookie Betts, who had, you know, he four for four night, two walks to match his career best. By he reached base six times. He drove in four runs. And but that's what you expect, right? You expect the Dodgers to come in and do those type of things. Jason Hayward, three hits, two RBIs. Um that's you know. Honestly, when I think of this series, there's not a Dodger name. Other than the first game with Mookie, there's not a Dodger name that comes into my head. The two names that pop into my head when I think about this series, Michael Garcia and Brady Singer. Yeah. Both from the Royals. Michael Garcia uh, just pounded them all series long. Uh, You know, three hits in the first game, a couple hits in the second game. Um, the third game, he had a couple of RBIs. He was just all over the Dodgers. They couldn't stop him. And then Brady Singer could. Yeah. And he pitched in that last game. Um, we did see Daniel Hudson come back. He did, um, come back after he made his first appearance since tearing his ACL, um, and his left knee, which was just more than a year ago. He actually did look uh, good. He gave up a single, but then he had, you know, uh, got the, two strikeouts and, you know, was able to get out of the inning. So it was good because you're like, okay, fresh arm out of the bullpen. They win this game. Game two, um, the Dodgers just couldn't do anything. Julio Urias is back. So you're like, all right, we got Julio back. He, everything you've been reading, he, I, I think I figured out my mechanics. I think I figured out what I've been doing, you know, what I've been doing, he hadn't figured out what he would, what he's been doing because he looked exactly the same before when he wasn't on the IL, he looks at, you know, he could not, I mean, the Royals scored five times in the first inning and they just, he couldn't do anything. I mean, he just in no outs, you know, that was the thing. It wasn't like they had two outs and they scored the five runs. They just no outs. <laughs> And scored these five runs. Right. Um, you know, uh, Daniel Lynch play, pitching for the for the Royals. You know, he gave gave up the three runs in the second, but that was it. I mean, he 
settled down. He threw 108 pitches and the Royals beat the Dodgers. You know, it wasn't until, you know, the bases, they, the Dodgers left the bases load in the eighth. Um, Yanni Hernandez struck out, Freddie Freeman grounded out. And then Scott Barlow, three, their closer got the final four outs for his 10th save. And yeah. so you're looking for a bounce back game to wrap everything up. And it didn't and, happen. And then you get Tony Gonsolin on the mound who has last season, at least for the first half of the season was, uh, was pretty solid. You would expect a good outing. Uh, this time he didn't make it past the third or the fourth. Yeah, no, he only pitched uh, three and two thirds innings. He allowed four runs, six hits. He's now allowed 15 runs over his last 14 and a third innings. He just doesn't look good on the mound. And the guy who did look good on the mound, when you look at his record, this is another guy. You, they're very similar lines when you look at Tony Gonsolin and Brady Singer. But Brady Singer, who is five and seven, he allowed one run on three hits and four walks over seven innings. So much better. And he got to seven innings. I mean, Tony Gonsolin hasn't even pitched seven innings this season. So, it. I mean, it's like, what is happening <laughs> that the Dodgers go into Kansas city. And I don't think you can always just discount a team because they're in last place. But the majority of the time, when you have a team like the Dodgers and the people who are on their roster, they should be winning these games and t they didn't. And a lot of the stuff was they weren't playing. And this is what Dave Roberts said. They weren't, the Royals played small ball against them. They used yeah. every opportunity that they could to get the hits and to run those bases, steal bases, because the Dodgers have terrible, they can, you know, it's, they can't, they can't get the guys out. You know, they're too late. Um, I don't know how many steals teams have off of them, but that is a weakness that the Dodgers have to work on. And, um, and there was a couple of times, even at the plate, well, you know, Will Smith was the catcher and he was off, <clears throat> he was off the plate. So, because that's where the throw came in. And then of course, you know, Salvador Perez sliding into home to score a run. Um, even though, you know, you had a throw from David Peralta, you think a, day, a throw from Mookie Betts, but if it's offline, it makes it hard for Will Smith to get those guys out. So I think in the league, in all across baseball, that's one thing that all of the teams seem to be um, exploiting when they play the Dodgers is the running game, that they can get their running game going and that will always make a difference if you can get the guy who gets to first. If you can get him to second, you're more likely to score a run. I know that seems obvious, but that's what teams are doing against the Dodgers. Well, I mean, I would, too, if that was something that I knew I could get away with and, um, you know, and be successful at. Why not? Right. I mean, it totally makes it makes sense to do that. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Um the Royals, you know, Daniel Lynch won Saturday night. Brady Singer won Sunday. The Royals have back-to-back -back wins by starters for the first time in 93 games. 
just to tell you <laughs> how their season has been going. But it's disappointing for the Dodgers. But again, it all, I think, really comes back to the we don't have a good rotation. We have Kershaw at this point. And right now we don't have him at all. Um, right. Urias is, you, you know, what are you going to get on the mound? Is it going to be like he was in Kansas City? Was it just rust? What was it? Tony Gonsolin has shown that he, at this point, shouldn't be in the rotation, I don't think. Um, and then you have Syndergaard, who's nowhere to be found. You know, he's probably at some, you know, Zen retreat trying to figure out, you know, who he is. And then, you know, we lost Dustin May and we don't have Walker, Walker Bueller. Dustin May, I don't know, you know, what the timetable is for him. I know Walker Bueller wants to come back and pitch, you know, kind of do, you know, he's hoping to maybe come back this season. I don't know if that will happen. You know, he's working on it. But, right. I, you know, it's just, but then again, you know, it goes to the lineup when you look at the lineup and as much as I'm a fan of Max Muncy, um, I don't, you know, well, it's just, it's so hit and miss with him. And then you just, you know, he was 0 for 4 in this last, you know, the last game, uh, Outman, you know, who came out blazing and he's hit and miss too, you know, great defensively. It's almost as if he has taken the defense of being the center fielder and Cody Bellinger, (laughs) that ghost has, is haunting him. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't have the same uh, clubhouse locker room and, (laughs) you know, Um, or locker is what I mean. He didn't have Bellinger's locker. Right. Um, yeah, but. hopefully not, because that may be the issues. Yeah, Max has been, he's been hitting under 200 most of the year. Um, and he he picked it up and was up about 250 for a little bit. But he's only batting around 189 now. Um, Vargas, 199. Austin Barnes. I love Cuz, but I, he's, you need a designated hitter for him. Yeah. I don't know what is, yeah, he, he will get like, maybe he gets a single and you know, somebody's on. And so he gets an RBI. Well, in but the last game, very few. he was one for four, but he's still only batting one Oh eight. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, but then you have these guys now, normally Smith is, He'll work walks, he'll do things, but in this last, well, in the second game, he was 0 for 5. Um, and then, right. you know, I, I I don't know. It just, it just seems like the Dodgers are off kilter. There's not a good balance for the pit, their pitching rotation, which is non-existent, the bullpen. Um, I think with the addition of Daniel Hudson, who is a veteran, you're got, I think you're going to see some shifting there because you have Evan Phillips and you have Daniel Hudson, who I think are more eight, eighth inning, ninth inning pitchers, mm-hmm. where would move up Caleb Ferguson, move up some of those other guys. Um, Victor Gonzalez has not looked good. Um, I think he's been optioned 
to Oklahoma City, the last I, I read. Um, and even in the lineup, which is pretty solid, you know, you have Mookie, you have Freddie, um, but there's some nights where they don't do anything, but then the bottom of the lineup picks it up or the middle of the lineup. But there has to be consistency, and I just don't feel like the Dodgers have consistency this year. There's no, something there off kilter. There's been there's been a lot of issues, and I think it all hits from more than the more than the um, more than the offense. The offense has had down nights, but they're still averaging one of the highest amount of runs per right. game. Yeah. So you can usually get what you need um, out of the uh, the offense every mm-hmm. night. They're going to support you, but the pitching staff is what normally, I mean, look at it. Emmett Sheehan in his first outing pitched six hits of no, or six innings of no hit baseball. And then um, they end up losing the game. Thanks to the bullpen. Right. Yeah. So I, I just think that, uh, you know, that's where it's all at. I don't know what it costs them to get the pitchers that they need. And what pitchers do you really go after? That's the that's a bigger thing, too, because who's going to sell right now when there's so many teams that are kind of in the um, in the mix? Right. And some may think we're close enough. I should. We should stay in this and see what we can get to do it or stand pat. Who knows? Yeah. So what's really going to happen? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that's a big question for the Dodgers. What is Andrew Friedman going to do um, before the trade deadline? And is it going to be something that will help the Dodgers in the long run? Or will it just be, you know, somebody that they get and then they end up being a bust anyway? I don't know. I think the Dodgers, um, you know, they're in a position where they could get grab one of those wild card spots um but what are they going to do with it if they get it mm-hmm. i think that's well you know i guess well that part we'll see but they gotta you know i i i've always appreciated the ideas that they have of every game is just a game we're, right. we're not going to hold on to losses. We're not going to hold on to wins. We're just going to keep trying to win, you know, every month. But at some point, there also has to come a little bit of urgency. And at some point, you know, maybe there's nobody to, that they have to take over for Max Muncy at third. Um, maybe there's nobody that they have to, you know, look after. You know, I mean, there's just certain guys. It's like bring somebody up, see what they can do, set Max down. If Max isn't going to start um, hitting, it's time to let him go. Yeah. Maybe try to trade him. Trade him back to Oakland. <laughs> you know, I don't know for what, but, you know, Man, do know. something with it because these guys are just not. And honestly, um, I think I think it's time for to, to release Cuz. Yeah, I, he's just, you know, it's unfortunate, but he's. He's more of becoming more of a coach, you know, like a um, 
position planner yeah. because, you know, he works with the pitchers and he works with Will Smith um, for game planning. So if that's something, you know, if he's better at that, then put him in that position. and He could be know. like the backup with the clipboard on the sidelines at a football game. He could be the third the third string quarterback or whatever, because yeah. they've got catchers. You know, I don't know where Kurtaya is and his development, but you've got a couple of catchers down there that you could bring up. And at this point, it almost feels like you kind of let Kiba Ruiz go because Cuz was okay. He's just, he's not, you know, he had more moments before, but he doesn't have them now. It's time to let him go. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully the Dodgers will end up this uh, first part of the season before the break um, on a winning note. Uh, they've got uh, they've got Pittsburgh coming in uh, for the 4th of July time frame. And then the Angels, as we talked about earlier, for a couple of games, all-star game. And then they hit the road to go play the Mets and the Orioles. Um, right now, they're three games behind Arizona. So it's not like they're out of this. They do have a wild card spot. Um, and at 46 and 37, you know, they're they're still, you know, nine games over. All they got to do is continue to win most of the time. They can't have these teams we should have beat uh, losses, though. Right. And I think it's one of the things you said is, you know, you like their philosophy of it's one game at a time. They don't have to worry. You know, they can move on from that game because the fans don't move on. And so they don't have to worry about it. It's, you know, Dodger Twitter is just out of control when the Dodgers lose and uh, even sometimes when they win, you know, like I said, sky is falling as soon as they lose a game or if they lose more than one, they lost a series to the Royals. So we're one of the worst, worst teams after two series with two of the worst teams in baseball. And they didn't look great versus, uh, with the exception of the last game and versus the rocks. And then the series overall, they've not looked great. They're tired, I guess. You give them that. And, you know, they're going to go on playing the All-Star game. And and then uh, hopefully they'll have that couple of days in there, come back ready to go. And hopefully uh, AF has been working hard through all this to, uh, to get some relief uh, and some innings. They need some people who can pitch some innings. That's and not the biggest just thing. innings eaters because they had – Thor, who would go out there and pitch till you took him out, even if he was getting shellacked. Yeah. Um, so they could, need that. He was like Pac-Man eating those innings, but uh, all right, somebody who can pitch. So I'm sure it's kind of hard in one way to uh, to pick somebody as a uh, uh, as a player of the week. However, there was one guy I know that stood out like bright, shiny lights. So I was going to pick one guy. Um, because he really was, you know, it seemed like every game he was doing stuff. Um, but I went a different direction and I picked somebody who was hitting, got himself on base, did have some RBIs and, uh, I went with David Peralta. Well, that was a good one. 
Yeah, he had uh, he had a pretty good week, and whenever you saw his name on the line in the lineup or in the box score, there were usually a couple hits next to it or an RBI or something. Uh, I went with the the one guy, you know, kind of like what happened with the Angels. There's only one guy really, and this guy was Mookie Betts. How well, could and, you not? Well, um, that's... It, except for what you're saying makes sense because David David Peralta definitely made a case for himself maybe not hitting 474 no over the week uh with five doubles three home runs eight walks here's the thing that um i love nine rbis here's the thing that stood out to me and really solidified it for me because i was looking at peralta as well one strikeout mm. that's yeah. all mookie did and mookie struck out in past you'll see more strikeouts only one strikeout in the uh, in the six games that uh, they played this last week. Well, I was gonna go with Mookie, and then I was like, well, let me let me go back, and so that's why I went with Peralta. All right, hopping in the bullpen cart, which has been uh, done up in uh, all star colors. And made the cap. Normally, there's the cap. It's kind of got the all-star look, but it also looks like the kingdom. So, uh, in honor of the all-star game in Seattle, uh, uh, we're going to talk about a few things here. Not a lot this time in around baseball because we really covered most of it up with the all-star game and what's going on there. Um, you know, some cool things happened this week. Uh, one is something that hasn't happened in 11 years. Uh, we'll talk all about that coming up. Uh, but first, we have the extended beginning of the month player of the week, player of the month. And uh, I think you should start with the week because on one side of it, uh, it's it's a co-player of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I was going to start it out. I, I was debating, should I go month? Should I go week? We'll go week first. Uh, in the National League, Ronald Acuna Jr. grabs the Player of the Week award. He hit five home runs with a 1.916 OPS. He had three steals and a 6-0 team record for the Braves. He was part of that. And it was really because of what he, Ronald Acuna, was doing on a junior, was doing on the field. Um, he's also became the first player to have 20-plus homers and 35 plus steals before the all-star break. There are co-players of the week for the American League. No surprise with the first first one. Domingo Herman is the reason why he is player of the week. Um, perfection. He had a perfecto. He threw a perfect game in an 11-0 win over the A's. It's the 24th such game in American League National League history and the first since Felix Hernandez did it in August of 2012. Um, he only needed 99 pitches to get it done. And in its prior two starts, he allowed 15 earned runs in five and a third innings. Uh, so this one, you know, it was his only start of the week, but he made the most of it. And that was an easy choice for uh, player of the week. And then now the question is a lot of people have asked if it was against the A's, does it really count? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I think it does because if it was that easy, everybody would, 
throw perfect games against the A's. That's or at least true. no hitters. Right, exactly. So there's all that. And then just a couple other side notes. Uh, Domingo becomes the fourth Yankee in history to throw a perfect game. David Wells, David Cohn, both had him. And then Don Larson. So it's all a D thing. Uh, Don Larson, so Don, David, uh, David, and Domingo, all with perfect games in Yankees. Don Larson's, of course, perfect game in the World Series. The yeah. only one ever pitched. Ever. And out of that group that you mentioned of 24 total, 22 since, uh, since 1900, because there were two thrown in 1880, um, nobody's thrown more than one. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's probably more stats you could throw out there. All oh, yeah, we could probably games. go on and on about that. There's probably a lot of gee whiz, interesting stats. But uh, that was just some that were, were cool. 11, 11 zip win for the Yankees uh, uh, versus the A's in his perfecto. You said somebody was sharing this with him this week. How could you share player of the week when you've got a perfect game? Well, that would be because in your league on the other coast, you've got a guy. Now, uh, Domingo is the first player born in the Dominican Republic to throw a perfect game. But on the other coast, you've got a guy born in Japan who just is off the charts. And that would be Shohei Otani who shares honors for the player of the week. Uh, he only had one start on, on the mound last week, but uh, he allowed one run, had 10 strikeouts in six and a third innings. And then he also hit two home runs in that game. As we talked about, it was just the sixth time since 1900 that a player throwing 10 strikeouts and hitting multiple home runs in a game and the first by an American League player since 1963. And, of course, you know, he didn't just end his week like, hey, that was good. I'm I'm good. He had, in the seven-day span, he had six home runs, a 1.783 OPS, and he hit the longest, as of right now, the longest home run in MLB this season. He hit a 493-foot home run. And this is his second player of the week award of the past month and the sixth of his career. Which makes me wonder, will we hear his name again? <laughs> well, let's jump to the June players of the month and the American League player of the month. Have you heard of him? I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Uh... Shohei Otani. <laughs> I mean, who else? He was player of the month or of the week in June twice. Uh-huh. So. Uh, not surprising. Pretty sure when you look at it, like, who else could it be? Well, and he um, hit, like, 15 home runs in the month. Yeah. Um, he. Yeah, people are he, now, because he brought his batting average, which had been, like, in around 260, 270. He's up over 300. So people are now going could he potentially be in the running for a triple crown? Yes. Um, you know, stuff like that. It's, he's, it's, it's uh, not daring people to dream. 
He is. He really is. He uh, in this month in June, he hit uh, 394, 15 home runs, 29 RBIs, 1.444 OPS. The only players on record since 1901 to have a higher OPS in a calendar month. Uh, and you had to have a minimum of 125 plate appearances are Hall of Famers, Babe Ruth, who did it six times, Lou Gehrig twice, Rogers Hornsby twice, and Joe DiMaggio once. The all-time, uh, the three-time all-star uh, uh, also has a 3.26 ERA, 37 strikes over 30 and the third innings on the mound. Wow. Now, this nice. next guy, I don't think that you've ever heard of him. He's an up-and-comer. Um, not sure if you've ever heard of this guy, the National Player of the Month, Ronald Acuna Jr. <laughs> oh, no. Is he a rookie? Yeah. Uh, Did they just call him up? What's up with that? Second time this season, third time in his career, he is the National League Player of the Month. Um Batting 356, nine home runs, 22 RBIs, 26 runs, 14 steals over 25 games. He helped the Braves go 21 and four in the month of June. And when he hit his home run on June 30th, uh, Acuna became the first player, like I said, with 20 plus home runs, 35 plus stolen bases before the All Star break. So he is doing it all. Now we're going to look at the pitchers of the month. And in Boston, it is James Paxton who gets that award. Um, he only made six starts from 2020 to 2022, but he's back in 2023. Um, he had a 1.74 ERA with 34 strikeouts, six walks, and 18 hits allowed over 31 innings in the month of June. This is the second pitcher of the month award for Paxton, who previously won the honor in July of 2017 as a member of the Mariners. And he's the first Red Sox pitcher to win since Chris Sale did it in 2018. Blake Snell of San Diego is the National League Player of the Month. He was a strikeout machine. He tallied double-digit strikeouts in each of his final four starts. He finished the month with 53 uh, strikes over 31 innings. He registered a 0.87 ERA and a 0.68 whip over five starts. He held his opponents to a 1.24 batting average and a uh, 0.384 OPS along the way. He is a three-time Pitcher of the Month award winner. He previously won, um, earned the AL honors twice um, during his 2018 Cy Young Award um, season with the Rays, and he is the second straight Padres pitcher to be named NL Pitcher of the Month after Michael Waka was, won the award at the end of May. And then we're going to look at Rookies of the Month. You have Gunnar Henderson of Baltimore. He struggled over the first two months. He only had a 702 OPS, but he had a really big June. He had a 320 average. He had six home runs, seven, uh, 16 RBIs, and a .994 OPS over 20 games. Um, and his win snaps Josh Young's streak after the Rangers' third baseman earned back-to-back -back Rookie of the Month awards. And this next guy, again, a name you probably have heard before, maybe not. Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks is the Rookie of the Month for the National League. Um, he also, like we said, was voted as one of the starting outfielders. 
he's been doing it pretty much all year long. Um, this month he hit uh, 291, eight home runs, 22 RBIs, 25 runs, eight steals, and a 979 OPS in June. And then our American League reliever of the month, uh, out of Baltimore, Felix Batista. Um, he recorded seven saves. He allowed one run in 10 and two-thirds innings with uh, for a 0.84 ERA. And he collected 22 strikes with no walks. And um, he's won two American League Reliever of the Month awards uh, this season. And I didn't know this, but he is 6'8". Um, because I guess I just haven't seen him pitch that often. But I will, because the Dodgers will be playing. Maybe I will. <laughs> the Dodgers will be playing them here after the All-Star break. Now, this next guy, he must have just let it go in Philadelphia for the month of June. Just said, the heck with it. I'm coming back. I got my chicken wing, and I'm doing it. And that would be Craig Kimbrell. Over the first two months of the season, he had a 5.85 ERA, but in June, he had a 0.69 ERA with 21 strikes and only six hits allowed in 13 innings. Um, The last time he won a reliever of the month award was way back in 2017. And that's it. That's your... Players, pitchers, relievers, and rookies of the month. Wow. That's a pretty diverse group, but uh, definitely you got those all-stars in there. I mean, you figure they, it's crazy how the top two vote-getters were players of the month and both not only players of the month, but also the most recent players of the week as well. Yeah. Uh, they are both on fire. And uh, Shohei, is, I got to tell you right now, everybody figured 500, 600 million potentially. If he keeps playing the way he is, let's say he does get to triple crown territory. Let's say he he puts himself in a position to uh, to even maybe look at the pitching triple crown and Cy Young, maybe. Billion dollars a year is what he could probably even ask for. Somebody's would almost be willing. Yeah. To, to yeah. Pay him that. He is going to he's he's moved out of that 500 range right now. It may settle in later, but 600, 700, I wouldn't be surprised that the bidding war that will probably take place for Shohei. Yeah, it'll be, it's going to be crazy. Yes, but that'll be something that we get to watch probably more in the off season. Um, So, you know, like, like we were talking about, we got trade deadline is the next really big thing. And I think about the 1st of August, we have to really start looking at who's playing how and what and start, um, you know, looking at when it becomes too late. Yeah. One trade that we've seen, we've seen some little trades. I I say little, but, you know, trades here and there. Uh, But I think a bigger trade came uh, this past week when Araldus Chapman, the Royals traded him to the Texas Rangers. So this is the Texas Rangers already looking forward, saying this is where we're at, this is where we want to be, um, and not doing things too late. Now, I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it's kind of, you know, seems like it could be, uh, is that uh, Araldus Chapman was mad that he got traded because he was like, now I have pressure. 
pitching for Kansas City, I could just go out and pitch. But now they're in a playoff run. I don't want that kind of pressure. I just want to go out and pitch. He's like Chris Bryant. Right. It seems like Chris Bryant (laughs) doesn't seem like he really wants any pressure on him. And I don't know if that's true or not. It could have just been one of those things. But if it is, it's like, what's going on? It, it, yeah, I saw that too. Um, and you wonder, but I mean, maybe if it's true, if he's talking about pressure when he was pitching for you know, like the Yankees, is it going to be a different atmosphere in Texas? Well, maybe not sure. have that same and not have the same, you know, you don't have the same manager, different guy. Bruce Bochy more relaxed than um, Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone has been ejected more times than any other manager in the Which game. Which makes him one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. No, I like Aaron but, Boone. But, but I, I think that his thing was his competition. Yes. Now we're playing for something. Mm-hmm. When I'm in Kansas City, I'm not playing for anything other than just to play the game. I can go out and be very relaxed and throw. If we win, we win. We lose, we lose. We, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it does, but not in his mind, not the same way. Right. Which I think also you could look at somebody like Salvador Perez, who plays for Kansas City, and he loves playing the game, and you like watching him play the game because he is so relaxed. Right. Would he be the same in a, you know, in a situation where they're going for – the you know the the pennant the world well, let's series go whatever back and look at 2015 Sal Perez yeah yeah that's that's true because they won the world series then it was he of course he was younger then too yeah well I wouldn't be surprised if that was true if down the road here a little bit we didn't find out that uh, Araldus Chapman did something stupid and ended up on the wheel. Right now on the wheel. Now this guy's not completely on the wheel. We'll see if he takes a 10-day trip on the wheel, and that would be Josh Naylor, the Guardians first baseman who is listed as day-to-day after injuring his wrist. Brent Suter, the Rockies relief pitcher, is on the 15-day IL with an oblique injury. Oh, my side. Oh, 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 my side. Uh, I thought I could get in there real fast. Uh, from you waited. You knew I was going to do it. You <laughs> set me up there. That's why I waited for a little bit. From Valdez is listed as day-to-day with an ankle injury. Uh, Brandon Jury's on the 10-day IL with a left shoulder contusion. Uh, Mike Trout is now on the IL. Um, I had him listed as day-to-day, but he is now on the IL. Wrist injury um, looks like four to six weeks. He'll be yeah, out. I, I was reading about that with the injury that he has. What is it? The I don't know how you said that. I, I can't remember what it was, like the hamate bone or the hamate bone or something yeah. like that. And that they, they could do a surgery and just take it out. 
And I guess the fractures in that stuff is when the knob of the bat hits the area of the wrist between the hand and the wrist and it breaks that bone. So they can just take it out. And then once your, your, your sutures and everything heal, then you're done. And you have to worry about it. And then you just rehab a little bit and you're good and you don't ever have to worry about it again. But that's like, uh, that's like losing an excuse as to why you can't play. Yeah. You know. That's you can't like, oh, my grandma died. You can only really do that twice. Right. Unless you're like, I saw an eight generation picture. Unless you're like my great, 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 great grandma. <laughs> She's 293 years old. She just passed away. That's it. She gave up the ghost. But once she's gone, you can't ever use that again. No, you know? that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I we knew somebody that uh, it seemed like all their coworkers had cancer. It's like, do you want to work there anymore? You know, hmm, <laughs> this yeah. uh, contagious. I don't, I don't know. I didn't think it was, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, Clayton Kershaw's on the 15-day IL with left shoulder soreness. Uh, Shane McClanahan on the 15-day IL with lower back pain. Uh, Garrett Whitlock of the Red Sox um, is on the 15-day IL with right elbow inflammation. And then Royce Lewis, the third baseman for the Twins, is on the 10-day IL with an oblique strain. Oblique. Oh, 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 oblique. Oh, 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 oblique. I moved the wrong way and I hurt my side. Now I got pain and tears in my eyes. Oh, my oblique. Oh, 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 oblique. Mm. <laughs> Orioles starting pitcher uh, Michael Kopech is on the 15-day IL with right shoulder inflammation. Uh, Cabrian Hayes is on the IL with lower back inflammation. Uh, Anthony Descalfant. Uh, Bonnie of the Giants, also a pitcher, shoulder fatigue. I mentioned all these pitchers, part of my uh, research that I've been doing. And um, uh, Thido uh, Estrada had his hand is fractured after being hit by a pitch. And I'm going to leave this one for last. Jazz Chisholm Jr. is on the 10-day IL with an oblique injury. Oh. Oh, 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 oblique, 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 So not a lot. There's a lot of guys coming off of the IL, um, but uh, I mentioned there are a lot. There's the majority of guys that have been on the IL our pitchers, and I wonder with Clayton Kershaw, um, he's been able to throw, but it's he has the left shoulder soreness, and I wonder if a lot of that is because he he's used to pitching. You know, he pitches at least seven innings, sometimes a little bit more, but he really is the guy in the rotation, and so if it's just kind of taking a toll um on him and it comes at a time where it's not too bad because we have the all-star game and with all of these guys that go on the um IL before the all-star game that break accounts for 
those 10 or 15 days for pitchers. Um, so it kind of can work in their favor, in their team's favor to uh, maybe help get them healthy and get them back for the second part of the season. that'll do it for this week's Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate that. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at SiblingRivalryBB without the A. And on Facebook and Instagram at SiblingRivalryBB with the A. On the website, SiblingRivalryBB.com. Check out our Fanatics link to go out and get yourself all kinds of great gear, including... um, your team's all-star hat or a jersey from your favorite uh, all-star, whether they be American or National League, uh, as uh, we get to enjoy the um, all-star game from uh, Seattle's Kingdom this uh, this coming uh, this coming week. We'll talk about all that next week, and it's time to start looking over the next few weeks. Who's still playing good? Are any teams starting to fall back? Are any of these fast starts about to fall apart? We'll see. Can Teams like the Braves and the Rays continue with their winning ways. And, of course, start kind of checking around and seeing what's going to happen at trade deadline. And, obviously, what we hope happens at trade line for our two favorite teams, the Angels and the Dodgers. So, it's been great hanging out with you. Uh, we can't wait to uh, talk to you next week right here on the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to swing away. Swing away.